Scores below. Some of our language is coming at you with irresistible force. If you don't think you can pass your strength test, then best back off now. You will not be able to stay home, brother. You will not be able to plug in, turn on, and cop out. You will not be able to lose yourself on Skag and skip out for beer during commercials because the revolution will not be televised. Welcome to The Dwellers Below, episode 64 is what's on my run sheet. I hope that's right. Have we done 64 episodes? We have done 64 episodes, if we count all the other ones that no the, one the can ones do we, anymore. The ones that we outsourced to some international friends. What the, about our unreleased episodes? Between Super Smash Bros, GoldenEye and Perfect Dark, all Nintendo 64 classics, I reckon I spent a thousand hours. Mm, that's about as many hours I spent podcasting. Painting your witch elves. Painting witch elves. Witch yeah. elves? All of them. I've probably spent a thousand hours editing this podcast. Yeah. Funny there weren't so many discursive <laughs> jerks on if the show. only. I like to say four and 60, by the way, instead of 64. A Nintendo four and 60. Yeah. It, it gives me, it, it's got a better flow, better Six ring. score and four years ago. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's when we started. That's 124. Whatever. Yeah. Is there, how Sweet many is a score? Minutes. 20. 20 is a score. Yeah. Do, do you know how far a score of leagues is? Uh, a league is like five kilometres. No, a league is a made-up unit of measurement. It's not a thing. 20,000 leagues under the sea is yep. actually the area they traverse, not the depth. Wouldn't it, I was going to say, wouldn't it be fathoms if it was depth? Yeah. Well, that guy hates society. He's just down there. He's got superior technology, much like the Caradron overlords oh. cruising around the bottom of the sea. Caradron. I mean, they're more. Aren't they above the sea? Up in the atmosphere. And take three. <laughs> I, I was actually thinking for my for my new proxy army, topical content, is doing... You're going to combine Carad- Zench stuff and Stormcast? No. I'm, no. Uh, that's been done. <laughs> I'm going to do a Caradron overlord army. Under the sea, Ooh. and they're going to be deep. Kim. And you're going to use under, yeah, yeah. So Odneth yes. rules because I've got the KO models, but uh, and I don't want to buy eels, but I want like 24 eels. So I reckon Andrew Ringers is eels. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. are the bases the same size? And then the big sort boat, of. the big boat will be the um, the Leviathan. Yeah. yeah, I think what you really need to do to sell that concept though is to like put a little cylinder around each of the models and literally fill it up with water effects. Otherwise, no one will just no one will understand the aesthetic. No, I'm going to fill it up with actual water. Like oh. they're just going to be little cups. Oh, yeah. but why not wear the paint off? If you not if you yeah. use Dulux Weather Shield. Mm-hmm. Ah, okay. Yeah, I like it. I like it a lot. So yeah. around the table, who have we got here? I need some fluff though, right? <laughs> so the army comes from a desert that used to be Zandri. What? <laughs> I'm the father of lies. Before global warming and Zandri flooded. Next uh, to me I, I, is... I'm the egg. That old egg, Chris Cousins. Back again. The original and the best Sam Morgan of Twitter at Araby Rises. De- definitely in my top three Sam Morgan on Twitter accounts. Definitely my top three. I reckon there, there could be some new ones coming out. <laughs> I don't have Twitter because... I'm from the realm of Azir, and that's where I've been. Bad Wi-Fi. <laughs> getting reforged <laughs> over the last few episodes. So I'm a bit like, I feel like I'm a bit like Honda, that I started well when the season started. For international listeners, that really they think you're talking about the car. Here, really <laughs> local reference. Would you believe it? International listeners probably know who Kezuko Honda is. Yeah, he's a gun. And then apparently. I get a red card, so I'm out for a couple of episodes. And then... I got destroyed and had to be reforged in Azir. Mm-hmm. And it actually took all the might and all the power of all the Lord Arcanum's Knight Incantors, Sequitors, and Evocators to reforge 
my magical shorts. That's a lot of power because there are a lot of evocators in the yeah. city of the evocators. Yeah, there are. I've got to hang out with their buds. I was um. You've got a sweet segue, but how good were our shorts at Cancon? <laughs> they were great. I'm forgetting what the derogatory term for Stormcast is because I had a great apothecary joke, <laughs> and I, I've missed the opportunity. Uh, no, and no, I'm no, gutted. Let, let, let's hear the apothecary joke. Well, I think the you sig- act- sigmarines. Yeah, bro. I think sigmarines. you actually mean that oh, the apothecary is helping you in Azir, Nick. They were, they were of the sigmarines. I th- that endears Stormcast Eternals me to too, me. Me too. I the love fact it. that they're like fantasy space marines mm-hmm. and that they they never die because they're con- constantly being reforged and they heroes of a far gone age. Yeah, but my general thing is that if using a particular word annoys someone, it doesn't cost me anything to stop using it. So I think it's a really good principle in general to for us to yeah, avoid using that word if we don't need to because it annoys some people and it doesn't hurt us. I mean, but I also that applies to like really bad words as well. So, you know, that's another Twitter topic we could talk about for mm. a while. We we could have impl- implement a system where <laughs> we I don't understand. We under- we're not going to go down that path. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I can see. I know exactly I can where see you're your going. trajectory, <laughs> and I'm just cutting you off now. <laughs> so, what one thing I would say is one of the criticisms that's been leveled at me both in person and on social media is, "Are oh, you cappuccino drinker?" <laughs> <laughs> fuck is this so when there was like a bit of a furor about what language is appropriate and what we might try to say and what we might not try to say um specifically in relation to people's sexuality someone like somebody started attacking me about coffee and i was like i love coffee i don't, <laughs> I don't understand what the criticism you know what's is so here? ridiculous is only bogans from the country drink cappuccinos yeah but only elitist fuckwits from the city would call people drink bogans magics. from the country <laughs> drink cappuccinos so back to those shorts I got two pairs. The yeah. idea was to share one pair. I'm so glad I didn't hand it out. Who were you going to share it with? I was going to give it to my like favourite person from CanCon. And then I oh. got to the end of CanCon, I was like, I literally want to give this to about 10 blokes. You know what you could do is chop it up into really small pieces and give them each a piece of the shorts. I was thinking old mate Jacob, old mate Joe uh, coming to Australia next year. And one of them can get it. That's right. I wanted them to fight to the death. <laughs> And try and, and fit them both not, into not one pair. Not fight to the death. Actually, no, so hard enough to fit one person yeah. into one we, pair. We, we know that those guys like to have weird competitions with points when they're at tournaments. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we could instill one, like, in, instigate one of those for them to compete to win the shorts. Okay. Mm. I go. was actually quite uncomfortable in the shorts. because Yes. Because the <laughs> they were really uncomfortable. Particularly around the balls. Because like the netting just, yes. crushed my like, testicle cut the, region. Cut the netting Your out. giant genitalia. Yeah. And also my booty... Um, it just didn't – and see, this is a problem I have when tournaments when the tables are too close together. Mm-hmm. Um, many wargamers don't have any junk in the trunk and so they're very easily able to slide past each other without touching. They're very front heavy and yeah. there's no ass and there's no belt. Wear a belt. Yeah, put that belt on and keep mm-hmm. those pants up. But I really struggle when tables are too close together because um, if you've ever seen me at a tournament, I have a big donk donk and what are you what are you back squatting at the moment? Uh, like for one or for multiple? Let's do you one RM, yeah. One RM. I injured my hip a couple of weeks ago. Uh, excuses. So it's, so it's <laughs> only one sixty at the moment. One hundred and sixty um, pounds. Kilos. So it's two. Oh boy, <laughs> three stormcast strong, strong right here. Three twenty pounds. Is that? And what know. are we what are we deadlifting? One RM. Oh, two hundred and five. Oh boy, for three, not for one. Fuck. For three. Um. I, I so you can pick up a small car. Uh, yes. With, with the help of another one of me. <laughs> yeah. So if, if ever I was reforged But unfortunately, into two, you are unique and there is only one. There, there can be only one. 
Um, but that's why my badonkadonk is so big and that's why I bump people's models off the tables and rub my badonkadonk on other people when I'm at tournaments at tables too close together. Which won't happen at Lord of War, I hope. You're not going to be rubbing up against people at Lord of War? No, the tables won't be too close together. I'll oh, be rubbing right. up on people. There's but so much space. But I, it'll I be think consensual. We're going to be able to, I think we're going to be able to have ample space around every table. That's the plan. Mm-hmm. So we're going to talk Lord of War today. We're going to talk a little Lord bit of CanCon because we, we did our CanCon episode directly after CanCon and then it's been a few weeks since then. And so I was in Azir. Mm. Nick was being reforged by the apothecaries. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we, uh, we haven't really talked CanCon beyond our initial impressions. We didn't have the final results at that point mm-hmm. and stuff like that. But hey, what Nick ep- still came second. What mm-hmm. I did still yeah, I didn't didn't miss out on the revised results, thankfully. But uh, what an episode that was. Like with all the um the Kiwi guys and the and the UK guys, the Heralds. Kiwi so much fun to record. Uh it was really great that Nick Gentilly wasn't there because editing it was a pain in the dick. It, yeah, so if I'd been there, it would have been really smooth and easy. Yes, yeah, because def- it would have just been that. your mic the whole time, drowning out everything else. Everyone. <laughs> Probably wouldn't have been able to salvage it. Mm. I would have been too excited. Can you imagine if I was uh, in the same room as th- Rob and Nathan? There was an enormous amount of AOS excitement shorts. there, but also we were recording Big at like Sean. 11 o'clock at night. It so was, so there was a lot of exhaustion as well. Yeah. I was cooked. Like I was so tired mm. and grumpy. We, yeah. had to, we had to get up at four in the morning as well. So we did you even sleep? sleep? Three hours sleep. It was yeah. fucked. Did you? Who did the first shift? No, Leopold drove. Oh, thank yeah. God. Because <laughs> if one of you are lucky drove, that would have been horrible. Clint drove home at, again four in the morning. After <laughs> it's just ridiculous. Like well, he left that early. Yeah. What a machine. Where did he go to? He is an absolute. Is machine. he from Dubbo? Toowoomba, which is even further than Dubbo. Toowoomba's like the Ballarat of Queensland. Is he the? <laughs> so is is he the? I'm going to Ballarat for the Labor Day weekend, staying oh. at Sovereign Hill. Ballarat. Oh, you're staying at Sovereign. Yeah, are you going to be in a costume? Hill. I hope so. I did that for school at school camp. We it's so fun. Took a costume when you were twelve. Yeah, yeah. We had to wear a costume and um go and be in the school for three days, and pretend to be students. At Excellent. The time. You should do that. We're going to do some prospecting. Oh, what kind of prospecting for gold? We're going to go both down the mine and we're going to go in the water. Oh, mm-hmm. who with? Well, my son. Like he's, I'm not doing this for myself. <laughs> Jesus. Don't don't drop him down the mine. And, and, I won't. I'll unless you find a large nugget, in which case it was definitely all yours. That's right. Mm. So, Gentilly, were you missed out on the the last the episode post CanCon? So, do you want to give us a quick rundown of of your CanCon experience? Maybe don't go through all your games, but yeah, just how you went. What um, you did. I had lots of fun. Um, it was really good. I played. I played six people that I'd never played before. And I think I only played one other person from Melbourne. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, it was really fun. I I found it really interesting because a few of my games, people didn't tend to play to the scenario objectives. Like I found in a couple of games, people were trying to kill my army and then going on the objectives as an afterthought. And during the Age of Myth, when... Um, I wasn't playing Age of Sigmar. I was playing other games that are really super objective based, and I don't know it was if it was whether my army was super strong or it I was. just <laughs> or I just had a better focus on playing the objectives. Um, yeah, I managed to win quite a few games um, with yeah, just jumping, knowing that this scenario I need to be over there. And I need to have more models over the, there, so that's really the only thing that matters. I mean, teleporting 30 Witch Elves onto an objective does seem like a good approach. It's, a, sim- it's a simple game sometimes. Yeah. So yeah. 
going into day two, Nick was 3-0. and He's in the top 10. He has a favourable matchup. It, it's looking like a podium's in sight. Mm. Did you... So you went one and two on the second day? Uh, one and two, yeah. Did, did you play better on day one or did you face stiffer competition on day two or what sort of happened? It's uh, in a big field. It's really variable, right? I didn't know the rules well enough mm-hmm. on day two. <laughs> yeah, fair. Um, I didn't read the scenario properly. And so in the first game, I think looking back on how... And I mean, the game plays out differently um, if I'd read it properly. Um, but I think I actually accumulated enough victory points that I'd won that game had we calculated the victory points in the way that the scenario dictates mm-hmm. um, in that ma- Wizards and Magic Items within three count for 20. We played it for the... And it was consistent through the whole game. We played it that was within six mm-hmm. count for 20. Um, and then I just didn't know the rules of Age of Sigma in terms of going up the terrain and down the terrain and that sort of stuff very well. Mm-hmm. So that ended up costing me the game. But I think functionally, yeah, had, had I known the rules, I think I actually... If win that game easily. If it had played out exactly the same, I think I end up with more victory points by turn four than mm-hmm. whatever. Anyway. And um, that, that's just a practice thing, right? Yeah, yeah. That's so just you, me you're not literally never going to make that mistake again. No, no, no. That won't happen again. Um, and then the next round, I played an Ideneth army. Um, and that was the only practice game I had was against Ideneth. So can I just stop you here and for our listeners' benefit? <laughs> Nick is the current master of Lord of the Rings in Australia. So it's not something he brags about, but he's the master. No, he's, the greatest, <laughs> he's the greatest Lord of the Rings player in the country, right? Okay, so master got, the master the last two years. All right, so we've got the master in the room and you came up against the reigning two-time Australian AOS master. So basically this is a battle of the masters, right? Yeah, I'm the ma- I was the master of Malifaux last year. Well, great. Master of two systems, yeah. you yeah. fucking bragger. <laughs> <No>. the, do- <laughs> the double champion. Yeah. So the double champ versus the double champ. Yeah. Practically Conor McGregor right here. Yeah, so this, pretty much. Th- surely this was on the stream. Uh, no, no, it wasn't on the stream because I'd lost the game before. So how did you go against the two-time reigning master, number one ranked player in the country? Um, I won. Um, I think I lost 15 witch elves or something. Oh, boy. And uh, Well, he, he sent his two big wavy things with the spears. Mm-hmm. Um, I killed one of them with a cauldron, killed the other one with... Um, so are we talking like else? an Eidolon here? Yeah, 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 yeah. Two Eidolons. Aspect of the Storm times the two. wavy thing with the spear. Yeah, yeah. Killed those things. That's a pretty accurate And then there wasn't much left. Oh, I got the chance to alpha strike his, his eels because I knew the eels hit really hard. Mm-hmm. And I don't know whether he underestimated how fast my stuff was, but I was able to run up with some Sisters of Slaughter and kill one or two eels of six. Mm-hmm. And then he only had four left. And then I was able on my second turn to retreat away from them. And so I'd kind of... Um, really knocked out a lot of that hitting power. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they're much better on the charge, aren't they? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so I, and then I killed the Eidolons with my stuff that was quite strong and um, I was able to... It was knife to the heart, so I held my objective because I, I had so many models. This mm-hmm. is the other thing that I I noticed with the armies that I faced. They were really low model count and I had 80 just in my battle line units. Um, so I left like 40 on my objective and sent the rest of my army going after his objective. And because it's so fast... And he, he had the two Eidolons and um, the only thing that had numbers really was the unit of Thralls. And my um, my Witch Elves smash Thralls because they're smaller bases, they get more attacks in and mm-hmm. whatever. Thralls, so, do, thralls do a lot of damage, but they disappear real quick. Yeah. And so I was... Um, and because of my able to retreat and charge and then six in po- each 
inch pile in. I was able to jump on his objective with 20 models without even killing the thralls. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so that's all she wrote. Yeah, that was that was it. Um, but but yeah, it was it was interesting to play a different Ardenath army to what the last army that I played was just all eels, mm-hmm. a million eels, and they hit really really hard when they charge, especially on turn three. Um, and then I lost round six against um, Nathan, and again just not knowing what my opponent's stuff does, and being worried that he was going to deep strike me um, and then setting up in such a way. I didn't realise how far they could pile in and, and didn't realise I could run charge and that sort of stuff. And to be honest, the really what it came down to is I didn't screen my cauldron properly. So he was able to get one of the models within half an inch of the cauldron with a pile in. Had I been literally half an inch further back or further across, then the only unit he would have killed would have been my witch elves and my cauldron could have piled in and really decimated the one unit which was six evocators on thundercats but instead he was able to do a few attacks and pop the mortals on you and yeah yeah off. and then that killed the cauldron and, and the witches i mean evocators are ridiculous but the has to be the most ridiculous part is that if one models within mm-hmm. that three they yeah. can just put all the lasers through yeah that's right and they've done that again with two of the units yeah. in the uh Gloom Spike gets book, which we'll yeah. we'll start to see popping up. I imagine. Having said that, even even with all those mistakes that I made, at the end of that turn, I thought, okay, I've still got to change because I the whole reason for my list is that there's redundancy. So he killed a unit of witches and the cauldron. I still had a unit of witches and two units of sisters, mm-hmm. and then the rest and of the my cauldron. No, the cauldron was was dead. Oh, you, you only had the one. Yeah, just one cauldron. Oh, um, and my warlocks, and so I had enough pieces that it was like, okay, cool, that's gone. Now I've got the rest of my army, but I didn't get the chance to counterattack because he then got the double turn, which then put me from a weaker position into yeah, an yeah. unsalvageable yeah. position. That's why you need two chaff lines if you're playing against something that can do a really good alpha strike. Yeah. So that turn one he gets the first line, turn two he gets the second line. Yeah. But, but sitting behind that, you've still got 40 witches, doom fires in your characters. Yeah. But it's and also that sort of thing where if Nick hadn't. Uh, mispositioned the cauldron like that. Yeah, it would have been fine. Th- th- then he does hero the phase. He can, line. yeah, that's right. Yeah. necessarily. Yeah, I can attack uh, twice. It's like if, if he's built redundancy into his list, yeah. um, and because everything's pointed so efficiently, yeah. with the daughters, you can play fifteen hundred points of daughters against his full army and table yeah. him. Yeah, um, Nathan's a really good player. He came fifth, yeah. so yeah. if you'd rolled him in the last round, you know you're you're looking at top ten. Yeah, that's right. Assuming you got sports votes. And yeah, yeah, and stuff. Yeah. So it's pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah. And and it was good. I just won't now I know how that type of Stormcast army works. I just won't make the same mistakes again. Yeah. You know, I'll I'll take second turn instead of taking first and then realizing I'm out of range even with cogs mm-hmm. to get to where I need to get. And because had I been able to hit him first, I would have wiped any one of those units comfortably. Yeah. Um, and he just didn't have enough numbers. Like I could sit on his objectives with mm. his army competing against it mm-hmm. and I'd still hold the objectives, that sort of stuff. So with his army and specifically with Stormcast builds that are centred around either the shooting or the run and charge mechanics, mm. it's actually more about getting the support characters. So if you yep. kill the Lord Ordinator, those yeah. pieces are a lot worse, particularly given that your cauldrons need one tier from shooting. Yep. If you kill the Heraldor, he can't run and charge. Yep. But more importantly, he can't retreat and charge. So yep. then his stuff becomes a lot more static. Yeah, oh, Her- and Heraldor's so good. Heraldor's awesome. Yeah. And they're, they're one of my sort of number but, one but targets. Pe- pe- people still kind of refuse to take shooting in their armies. Mm-hmm. There's so little out there and people have been talking for ages about how useful it is. 
Um, and, and I think there's there's kind of a problem where stuff that is good at killing the single characters tends not to be good at killing the big monsters. Yep. And yep. you're kind of positioned where if you take a bit of shooting to kill a hag or a heraldor, then you just get rolled over by the combat stuff because uh, you can't kind of shoot enough off. And if you take enough shooting that drops in a gash, sometimes it won't even kill a necromancer when you factor in the lookout, mm-hmm. sir. Uh, so, it's, yeah, it's hard to get the right balance of shooting to deal with the threats that you need to shoot if you're investing points in it. Well, what made the difference in our game is I brought down 10 harpies to shoot his knight in Cantor, which was his only wizard. Mm-hmm. Um, and the what compounded the cauldron stuff was that he was able to get the comet down. So I, I failed to dispel it. Um, and that did quite a few wounds on, on my stuff, which mm. then means the evocators can take it off. But So I put down the, the... He left that exposed, put down the harpies. With 10 shots from the harpies at Ren 2, I hit like three times and did two wounds, and they, they got through. Um, and then I charged and fluffed on the charge. So had I killed the knight in Cantor in turn one, which was the plan, mm-hmm. again, that, you know, just compounding, that's, that's a bit of bad luck that's going to happen. It's a dice game. Mm. Um, but then he never casts the comet um, and all that sort of stuff. He never has the dispel scroll to, to discard, yeah. um, mm-hmm. um, miscast or, or dispel mind raiser, blah, 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 all that sort of stuff. Um, but yeah, I, I, I definitely made mistakes um, and I, yeah, I'll know better for next time. So you went four and two at your yep. first big GT yep. and it sounds like both the games you lost, you're in a winnable position. That's yeah. pretty good. Yeah, know? yeah. So that was like, – and, and subsequently now – my cauldron has a thermal rider cloak, so I can <laughs> wrap all my units around it completely, leave no gaps, and then just fly over the top and attack whatever I want. I do like the thermal rider cloak on stuff. It's probably my favourite item. It's not the best, and it's not one I'll take all the time, but it's definitely the one that is my favourite. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So I need to try that one out. There's some pretty good items. Yeah, you, you want it on something that doesn't already have fly, and so many monsters already do that it doesn't yep. see as much play. Yep. It's like Cauldron, Stonehorn, Thunder Tusk, those sorts of things. I reckon uh, Cheeky Shout is on a Lord Arcanum on Dracoline. I reckon those are actually pretty good. And yeah. Especially with a six-inch pile-in and things, yeah. so you can move 16, re-roll your charge, uh, pile-in six inches over the top because you have fly. Yeah, How does it pile in six? It, there's an ability, uh, one of the mount Ooh. traits. Yeah. Oh, mm. mount traits. I can't take it in Tempest's eye. No. Do you, know what, um, <laughs> <laughs> do you know what frustrates me when I write, spoiler alert, when I've been writing Stormcast lists, is you don't get to fit all the shit that you want. Like, they're just so expensive that you just can't, you've got to pick one thing. You, you know, do, do you know what pisses me off the most? What is that? All of the uh, all of the names of the lords and the knights are hyphenated. So oh. every time I type it into the uh, Age uh, of Sigmar yeah. app, yep. I put a space instead of a hyphen, and the screen just goes fucking blank. Oh, so frustrating! Mm-hmm. Uh, you get knights of the realm, you get knights errant, questing knights. Yeah, yeah, so many knights. Yeah, it's so. So we're gonna we're gonna talk lists a little bit later on in Ooh. the episode. But Nick, happy with your lists? Yeah, I really liked it. Um, I have considered changing it a little bit just because the only thing I think it lacked was a hard center. Um, I didn't really have anything that I could sit on the center objective and then leave on its own and, and run away and do other stuff. Not, not to say that it wasn't good, but um, I thought it was really good and it worked really well. But there was no staying power. What kind of things are you thinking about to fill that gap? So... If some, if one was to drop forty witch elves, and that's a lot of witch elves to drop, replace them with twenty snakes, Ooh. and then have Hagnar and the general, <laughs> and then the general all being right, the Medusa, right. 
So you, and then putting the hag on the cauldron instead of the slaughter queen. What you can have is you can have a unit of twenty snakes with a five up after save re-rolling. Um, you know, buffed as buffed as the witch elves get with mind razor. And yeah. Blah, 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 blah. But they just sit there and they will tank whatever they want. So you're not taking the slaughter troop anymore. No, no, slaughter troop's still there. So the slaughter queen's on foot. Oh. So you swap the slaughter queen. Yeah. No. You put a hag on the <laughs> cauldron. The slaughter queen on foot. Mm-hmm. You take the two units of sisters, the two harpies. Um, and whatever. So you, you have the slaughter cool. troop. So essentially you've swapped a hag onto the cauldron, uh, slaughter queen onto the foot. And I think the slaughter queen on foot works in this list because she can support, she can add a bit of hitting power to unbuffed units of sisters of slaughter. She can just run around with them. Um, do you know she's got a cheeky prayer that, that, so that she can pile in twice? Yeah, yeah, I do know no that. No one uses that. But I that's, know. It's a good little... That's the whole reason that I think she's not, Terrible. I mean, mm-hmm. she's better on a cauldron. There's Obviously, no question about that, yeah. right? But piling in twice with an avatar is much better. No, you can't do that can't on do an avatar. Oh. It's just on foot. But but the point with the snakes is right. So if you think about that part of the army, 20 snakes, and then to buff it, what you want is you want witch brew. So you're going to have to have a hag close. And then you want the cauldron to give it the plus one armor save. And then you want the medusa because the medusa has to be the general mm-hmm. to allow them to be battle line, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so then you've got... So many points supporting that where if you put the Slaughter Queen on foot, that instead of having a hag, a cauldron and the Medusa there, you just need the cauldron and the Medusa buffing that unit and then the rest you can have the hag buffing the other half of the army. Yeah. So just for everyone's benefit, a hag on foot and yep. a Slaughter Queen on cauldron is 390 points. Yep. Your loadout is 400 points. So it costs more, not less. Yes, because 10 points more. So you, <laughs> it's more expensive to do it that way and it's worse, objectively worse. No, I don't think it is because it, you, you're going to keep a hag in range of the snakes, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Because you want to witch brew the snakes because mm-hmm. they're a unit that you want to buff so, to. So what, Have you so played much with the snakes yet? Because they're on 40 mil bases. They tail out. So Yeah, no, I've only... Admittedly, I've played one game with them, right? Mm-hmm. But... You can tail them all the way, but then you lose that on the... I want them in a bunch. I don't want a really long line. <laughs> Aesthetically. No, no, no. Like because of the pile-ins okay. and, and the yeah, ability yeah. to attack, right? He's a narrative gamer, yeah. Sam. I'm a narrative gamer. Like the list that you've described is in- incredibly strong. Yeah, it's really good. You're, really you're definitely good, not yeah. the only person I've heard post-CanCon saying, oh, I think I just need 20 snakes in my list. 20 snakes are amazing. But yeah. They're really good. You also don't have to go snakes, though. I think allies are underutilized. Mm-hmm. So when you started saying you need something to sit in the center that can soak up some damage, I was thinking things like, Defensi- like six defensive eels, mm-hmm. uh, ten sequitors with a heraldor for some speed. Oh. Uh, six oh. defensive eels can deep strike as well because mm. they're cheaper. You, you can you afford can also to take the, the soul scryer. Yeah, so th- there's a lot of oh. um, uh, like ally options which I think are really underutilized. Uh, the the other just thing, in general, the other ba- thing basically is just put eels in all your order armies. Only only no, the ones it, that can no, ally. I, I, like I took six Morsar guard, and in the absence of the deep striking character. Um, they weren't as effective. So the, the charges are unreliable and because they start on the board, your opponent can target them. And what Nick said earlier is 100% right and the difference between six eels and four eels is, real, four eels is really pronounced mm. and the difference between six eels and, say, two or three eels is like it just completely changes their function. So I, I certainly won't be taking six eels without the, the character mm. that allows them to deep strike. I'd take like nine or 12 as a standalone unit, but six isn't enough. But, but l- luckily, uh, six of the Ishalan Guard mm-hmm. and a Soul Scry fits into your ally points quite neatly. Yep. But the other thing to consider is I want to paint snakes. 
Yeah, yeah. Because I think the snake models are awesome. Your yeah. army is awesome. Well, it was all right. It was it was okay. It wasn't in the top ten. Fuck off. Like your army is one of the best painted armies there. The fact that they put like coolest army out for the the player mm. vote is great. Mm. But what that fails to do is acknowledge the armies that are technically painted well. So yeah. from my perspective, your army was painted significantly better than a lot of the coolest army nominations. Mm. But they're competing for different things. Like yeah, the coolest yeah. army armies were cool. Yeah, and yours was painted brilliantly. Like there's a distinction. Well, yeah, and definitely. And, and it, there'll be the sort of thing where th- those two th- things are competing against each other. So mm-hmm. some armies... Yeah. You know, may, it's a may Venn diagram, right? Yeah. And there's some yeah. that sit really neatly in between. In both, yep. yeah. And that you're like, yeah, cool, this is both the coolest. Danny Carroll, I'm thinking Yeah, Danny Carroll's this is the coolest, the coolest and technically this is amazing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but you could also have an army painted as well as Danny's that was kind of straight out of the box yep. and that would probably also be close yep. uh, to, to getting a nomination, I suspect. Yep. Um, but then you could also have an army that's not painted as well and is just really cool, mm-hmm. uh, get up there, and then, yeah, like other, other armies, yeah, as you say, that have both. And, and as we've heard post-CanCon, the Age of Sigmar scene is massive fan of box art armies. Yeah. So paint it like it looks <laughs> on the box. No proxies, please. Um, Dude, you should get bonus points for that, Nick. The, the other thing with my... No, they're not turquoise on the box. Ah. Oh, that's why I'm in trouble. The other thing with my army is that the... The blending's quite subtle, so the difference between the lower, the darkest skin tone and the highest is quite close. And um, because I'd spent so long painting skirmish miniatures, um, that looks really good close up, or when you're only looking at one of them. But in the bad light of the hall at CanCon, yeah. it washes out. You don't. So I almost next year, if I want to compete for best paint, bring a lamp and like. Well, this well, has been a thing forever, hasn't it? That you yeah. want yeah. an army that's high contrast. Um, that army, yeah. army that pops close. versus yeah. an army. I remember Dom Holloway's armies in fantasy. Mm-hmm. Very dark, mm-hmm. very sort of super well shaded, amazing standard of painting. This guy was insane. Yeah. But on the table, the armies often looked relatively sort of dim and sort of drab. Yeah. So they didn't, they didn't pop on the table. You know, if you look at the, the army that won Coolest Army by Blake, you know, yep. the individual painting quality compared to yours was probably not up there. It was lower, yeah. But... His army popped on the table, yeah. gigantic display board, yeah. amazing conversions. Yeah. Well, um, this worked in my favour um, at Lord of the Rings Masters last year. I did an um, army of the elves that were at Helm's Deep. Mm-hmm. So bright gold, Helder. red, yep. blue, Haldia, um, Aragorn, Legolas <laughs> and Gimli, right? And then... Um, Aragorn's a man, Gimli's a dwarf. But otherwise, yeah, go on. No, no, because it's 300, they're defending the wall of Helm's Deep. Sure. There's a whole narrative. I did a display board. It's great. Anyway... <laughs> Uh, another but a but friend of mine, but, not, but not an elf army. Did, did no. you have lots of Rohan on foot? Because there were a lot of them there. No, I just well. uh, so really you just took the good bits. Did I just took the elves because they're my favourite, <laughs> and I tried to write a list that fit both of them. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it you just like the models, right? Oh yeah, it just functionally didn't work. Um, but my friend, who is a technically much better painter than than I am, really incredible stuff. He paints in more natural tones and the same thing happened mine popped because it was gold and red and blue and his didn't pop because his was um men from dunland so it was dark men from dunland it's like brown (laughs) and bored even just hearing about that's right they're really boring models did they even make it into the movie they made a little bit in the movie but Um, yeah but the same same concept men are great because they're morally ambiguous yes and it's like are they good are they bad i I think the the lighting that you mentioned as well is a big deal as well. Like Danny's army, I think, is a great example, just because mm-hmm. I've seen it a couple of times. Such a and, nice uh, 
the pictures online, it looks stunning. Yeah. The first time I saw it in the flesh, I was like, eh, Miami might be better. Yeah. Uh, because the lighting was really bad. And so all of the super blending and detail, yeah. uh, you couldn't see it. And then the CanCon Hall had better lighting, yeah. uh, st- stood out a lot more there. But yeah, just like those kind of things. Whereas if you've got uh, you know, like s- something really eye-grabbing, yeah. uh, you can kind of overcome that. Uh, Dom Holloway did this really well. He yeah. had a dark elf army that was all, they, they were painted with like black armor. It was really dark. Well, very well executed. And on first glance, you could kind of walk past it. Then he redid the bases. Yeah. They, they popped and then you pay attention to the army yeah. and you see just how good it is. So I, I think there's some, some of the UK podcasts have gone into mm. detail about how to, like how to capture people's mm-hmm. attention and how to not like game the system, but how to paint an army to win players' choice so yeah. rather ba- than how to paint the best painted army. Yeah. Faces, still, faces, shields. Yeah. Still, still remember Russ and Byron bringing along a black tablecloth mm-hmm. to put their armies onto yeah. because it emphasised the colours of their armies mm-hmm. and, yeah. with colour theory and stuff like that. So well, I mean, maybe that's going a little bit too far. But might I suggest play music through a display board <laughs> and have a giant lamp yeah, um, and people will love your army. Yeah, they won't. They'll definitely come over, possibly to try and destroy the music machine. Yeah, but while they do that, they'll see they'll your see army. Hang a little disco ball from the lamp, so you've got oh, like sparkly yes. lights going around on oh, your army. Yeah. Well, spoiler alert. Um, my I have a disco ball. Spoiler discussing <laughs> armies for next year. If mm-hmm. I really like that, there's a bit the of a light cult. elves will be out in the second half of this year. Well, see, this That's is a lock. This is, is, that, is that too late? No. It, is, it is if you want to spend 12 months on it. This, no, th- this is my dilemma, right? Right now what I'm looking at is Anvils of the Heldenhammer, um, who are – they've got black armor, they've got red trim, mm-hmm. gold, and that army, if you paint that well, will pop because the darkness of the armor contrasts really well with the warm red and, and the gold. And the plan for the bases was like sandstony white stone, washed out stone, so that's really going to pop. But then – I heard rumours that Tyrion slash Techless Elves are coming out midway through the year. But are and you going to pin your hopes and dreams on that rumour? Oh, fuck. If they, because I know that even if I paint 90% of Stormcast Army, I will literally throw them in the bin <laughs> as soon as Tyrion and Techless come out on their fucking horse dragons that or whatever they come along with. Like, Oh, I, my God, I want to see a horse dragon. Oh, oh, Malarian. Oh, I'm just going to lose my shit if this stuff comes out. <laughs> Like, I'm not even going to be able to record. I'm just going to be reading fluff and painting and building mon- um, models and enjoying life. You're barely capable of recording at the best of times. That's you? right. Um, so, yeah, that's the spoiler alert. But, yeah, no, no, I understand. the cut. Like, obviously, you want something that's going to pop. You want high contrast. You want... Um, yeah, yeah I like would reckon like, just a black tablecloth and a lamp, I think, would elevate yeah. a lot of mm-hmm. armies and, you know... LED lights yeah. in every... Yeah, LED in, in lights. Every, in every base. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> LED and lights. And smoke. There yes. was a... Um, yeah, just dry ice, a little cup of dry ice. Yeah. Sorted. A stall at CanCon that was selling uh, these lighting setups for your painting table. Yeah, I saw. And they would work really well. Just oh, sitting really? above the painted army as well. Yeah. I'll send you a picture. Yeah, yeah they're cool. The lighting in my studies. Institute house, same as me. Yeah. Um, so looking forward to next year, is that your plan? Is the is the anvils of Heldenhammer? Yeah, unless... Do you light have a, elves come out. Do you have a, a sort of target point for them? Is that CanCon next year or... Yeah, well... Th- what I so I've always been jealous of Arcanicon for 40k in that um, the Preston GW that I spend a lot of time at that whole crew gets ready for Arcanicon and so they go to Arcanicon they play there they paint there and whatever and they all aim to do well with the painting and then the whole year leading up to that they're talking about oh, I'm going to do this for Arc and this is what I'm working on and they slowly build on it and I was really jealous that we never had that for fantasy. 
We never had that one tournament that was like, this is where everyone does a new army for. And I feel like CanCon, the vibe I got at CanCon was that was it. I know you don't read the big chat. No. I know you only read the side chat. Have, have a look but at the big chat. But our, <laughs> look, our, look how our many big messages. chat literally for four months was just CanCon hype. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So at the moment I have 129 in there because I actually... So, so you haven't looked at it in the last 40 minutes. Yes, since we started recording. Because <laughs> I accidentally touched it on the way here when oh, I was changing right. songs. <laughs> Sometimes um, you open your thing and it's like 1800. Yeah. Think, okay. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, my, my dear partner, Sean, will often look at me and just be like, so what do your boyfriends talk about all the time today? <laughs> like, because there'll be 1800 messages in there overnight and... Mm-hmm. I am. Um, uh, yeah, actually, turns out we can talk some hammer. Like, well, we should. We should because there's the hobby Discord as a side to the big <laughs> chat. So there's the big chat, the Discord for the big chat, and then there's the side chats. We should actually have a focus CanCon one next year because I, I suspect everyone will want to do a really good army for it. Yeah, and I think that's. I, I'm excited that CanCon is becoming what seems to have become that for. I, I think that's going to be a thing. Yeah, because I know I'm my. Project so I was planning to get my my night horn, which ended up being leeches and a gash. Yeah, painted to a good level for uh, hopefully pushing for a painting nom for for Cancon this year. Yeah, and I just started too late. I didn't get there. Mm. The quality yeah. wasn't going to be high enough in there because of the amount of time I had. So I'm already putting together my project for next year. Yeah, it's I've dropped the model count way down because I just I actually wanted to neck myself playing uh, you know painting fifty grimgasts. Yeah, it was just it was the worst. So yeah, I've dropped the model count down. So I'm going to try and paint each individual model one at a time and, and make it a, a real you know piece of art for yeah. the army and hopefully push for one of those coolest army nominations. Do you know what my trick was? Because um, I had to do 40 sisters, right? Sorry, your, your, your army wasn't nominated. I don't need Closing to your practice over Christmas. Was that your trick? No, 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 because I'd worked on it quite a bit before that. Um, but I, that did help. Um, I So when you build 40, I think there's five different sculpts Right, and so forty makes um, eight batches. Eight batches, but you do the same sculpt, right? So I did five or however many there was of the one sculpt, and then the next sculpt, and then the next, and that actually that little bit of time and having seven painting handles from GW that mm-hmm. helps too. Um, but that little bit of time that you save, going, oh, this is a different model. I've got to put the highlight somewhere else. What you can do is like, okay, highlight, bang, 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 always in the same spot. Skin always in the same spot, head. You know, you know what I mean. Um, and that sped it up exponentially. My plan to to get around that is that I'll only have unique models. I'm not going to have any duplicate models at all. Army. None. Wow. How many models are you going to have in the army? Twenty five ish. Okay, so that's that's less than one of my units. Do we get to know what army it is? No. Ooh. Um, Super secret. Pro- it's going to be chaos. It's going to be Grand Alliance chaos. But yeah, exactly how it pans out. And obviously, mm. there's going to be books released during the year. We'll see how it goes. But yeah, I'm hoping that if and when Light Elves come out, that I can do a small model. If it's June, that'll give me enough time to get ready for CanCon if I work on that exclusively from June. But I have to read the fluff and then I have to develop this backstory for my general. And then I have to decide on a colour scheme, which I've already decided on, even though I haven't seen the models. You need to work on your costume. And then I've got to work on my costume and, yeah. Mm-hmm. Pick, your, pick your backing track. Yeah, yeah. But exciting. Oh, Light Elves. <laughs> yes! <laughs> but will I do Tyrion or Teclas? Which one? Well, maybe it'll be Tyrion riding Teclas. <gasps> what? Like, like Archaon is riding his horse, who's now a dragon with three heads. Yeah, yeah. No, because Malekith is Malarian now. Yeah, Malekith. Yeah. He's, he's part dragon. Yeah, exactly. So now, like, Teclas has gone full dragon and Tyrion so is riding him. Malarian is just Trogdor. Yes. Excellent. Um, but, but they're he, Shadow but Elves. So that's 
that'll be the range that takes all the other Dark Elf kits that were redone for eighth. Maybe. What do you, what do you know? <laughs> what do you know? Sources say. Oh, yeah. um, I hope. What I really want from a light elf army is, you know, the Chaos Knights, the Varangard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I want that size scale elven cavalry. Like, I want units of three massive. Do you know the Volton model where Volton's riding like a, yeah. a huge elven Storm horse? Storm yes. Right yeah. Oh, yeah. Actually, not the a very large horse by today. No, he's actually, actually quite a small model. Yeah. yeah. Like the, that Tyrion like fifth, sixth, whatever edition, that Tyrion on Volton's horse, a unit of those <laughs> scaled up. That's what I want. Yeah, that's exactly what I want. I want a fucking amazing elven cavalry because I will paint the shit out of those. You know what I'm super excited for? What? Tomb Kings to get legended. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to my boy, Randy. So, sorry, what are we? Exactly. Sam, do you have a, a project for next year's CanCon? It's given that you finished your um, your Zandri army. I finished the first iteration of it. So the idea finished. Yeah, the idea was that I would develop and build this army over the course of the year, and I'm still keen to do that. But I'm also branching out on some other projects. So one of the things at CanCon, I felt really underprepared on the table. I hadn't played enough practice games, and then I had this really um, uncomfortable balance through December and January where I both needed to paint lots but also was trying to squeeze in games. So, Nick, you and I ended up playing a few games where I think we're both like, oh, fuck, we should be painting. And then when we're painting, we're texting each other saying, do you want to play? It's just I, like was, I was in the exact same spot. I yeah. was like, I want to get my army to X level and I want to play X amount of games. And I didn't make either. Yeah. Yeah. So, I would probably like played 10 to 15 games fewer than I needed to to understand my army. And I played eight games across the CanCon weekend. And in game seven and eight, I was on autopilot. I was so attuned to how stuff fit together and how the army should be played and how it worked and the list itself was good enough to go six and I just didn't play well enough to win all six games. Yep. Um, so I don't really want to make too many changes to it moving forward. So I'm just going to keep playing the Xandri, um, Tempest, Sai theme, Mixed Order. And it'll either be that or Mixed Destruction at CanCon next year. So I've started my Mixed Destruction project, but I think we're going to talk about that later on the fluff. Mm. <laughs> this I reckon is the tale of Hobby Heralds. So if I'm working on one unit at the moment. Yeah, shout out to the Heralds of War who uh, are organising that. And people around Australia are getting on board with that. Mm-hmm. So it's a little bit of a, a hobby challenge. Which Some good stuff filtering through into uh, Twitter pictures and things already. Twitter! And I'm, I'm pretty excited for Lord of War, where a lot of these armies are going to make their Lord debut. Lord of War. Border Wars indeed. Cousins? Yeah. Grand project? So I'm, uh, I don't have a grand project right now. I'm in the market for one. Uh, but Light elves. Mm, we'll see. Um, so I, I'm moving to the UK, so I won't be at CanCon next year. Uh, yes, you will. It's, it seems unlikely, but uh, let's not rule it out completely. We'll, not with that s- we'll start up a GoFundMe to uh, fly, <laughs> fly yeah, you just, over. Just go in Rob's suitcase. Yeah, yeah that could work. Um, I need to be a very large suitcase. So Do you know what the problem is? Are we going to have to cast for a new dweller? Uh, yeah. Look, I, I mean, I am irreplaceable, so uh, th- I understand that the quality of the show will drop significantly when I'm gone. Uh, but I, I'm sure you'll you know, make do. Do you know what the problem with um, going in Rob's suitcase is? If he gets asked at security, are you carrying an egg in your suitcase? <laughs> <laughs> he has to say yes. He cannot lie. I've, I don't know if anyone's ever asked that direct question, though. A- any food? One egg. <laughs> One egg. <laughs> yeah. What about our cases? And, and then they'll be like, oh, you, you ready? You can go through to Australia now. Like, yeah, time to get cracking. Yeah. And then yeah. there'll just be these muffled <laughs> giggles from the suitcase. <laughs> 
So Nick and I both got pack four three twos for CanCon. Yes. Magnarax. Yep. Fucking awesome. Yeah, they were real that good. Was great. Really good. I just told the bloke when I was going through at Melbourne Airport, I was just like, oh, there's like fragile models in there. So he was delicate with it. Yeah, Lee from um, <laughs> from New Zealand was telling a pretty horrific story about security, <laughs> throwing literally <it>. throwing his <laughs> pack four three two onto the um, the conveyor belt. But oh, did you put it in? I did it in carry on both ways. Yeah, I would have put on carry on. There's no way I'd put it on. No, 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 he no. carried it on. It was just the security guy at the um so that's through the, the checkpoint. Yeah, yeah. Me- just chucked it in there. Meanwhile, Seth on the uh, the notorious podcast. This is how you transport. Basically, what I what I do, uh, he put all these models in uh, Tupperware containers with some uh, like cloth nap uh, paper napkins. Uh, whereas I prefer that maybe it's a bit more old school, but I prefer to just use a shoebox for that uh, if I'm going on a plane. Uh, yeah, pack carefully and carry on. It takes my Stormcast army will take up very little space. Yeah, that's the other consideration I have for CanCon next year is having so many models was a bit of a pain in the ass. We can drive your army up if it's mm. no. It not wasn't about the transport. It was about um, moving them around the tables and then setting it up each because twi- the last two rounds at CanCon, I literally started deploying and then the TOs came up. Well, the Redraw <laughs> the last round. Um, I hadn't started deploying, but I just got my army out and just moved it off my display board. And then they're like, "You've got to move." And that happened in the last two rounds. So I'm like, "Fuck!" Put a hundred models back on and move them across. And whereas when I put together the first army list for my Stormcast, it was partly predicated around all fitting into one Games Workshop case. Yeah. Then I changed the list, and now it takes two. Yeah. But it's it's still a, a relatively low model count and fits yeah. into a pretty compact kind of area, mm. which was definitely a consideration, and and I guess still is. But uh, even though I don't have a CanCon project, I now have a Border War project. Oh. Uh, where Border I War. Yeah, the, uh, the the army that's been kind of on the back burner for a long time is going to finally come to fruition. If it'll I melt, it's plastic. Get my. Uh, <laughs> that's the thing about back burners; they're not as hot. Uh, that's where the front burner is where you really. That's cook. where you really. That gets really cooked. Yeah. Hard boiled in Yo, fact. Oh yeah. Uh, yes, so I I'm going to be uh, unveiling the Caradron Overorks. <gasps> Uh, Sweet 40 what realm are they from? Uh, which is the realm of air? Uh, Ashqui. No, that's realm of fire. That's what I thought. Azir. Azir. That's the realm of heavens. Oh, there's no realm there's of no air. There's no realm of air. No. Oh, I, I, I need to check what the realms. They're from one of the realms. Well, but technically, I, I have the rest of the backstory. I just don't know where it takes place yet. You'll all the realms on. have I air. I reckon in there's a good chance this could be a purple and yellow army. <gasps> what do you think? I hope so. I mean, I've already posted pictures, so <laughs> it is known. So, is the orc skin going to be purple or yellow? Green. But do you know what goes really well with green? Purple, Purple. and yellow? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, buddy. Uh, yeah, so they're, they're underway. I'm, uh, I, I've ordered the uh, last bits of the models that I'll need for it and uh, it's going to be a, a packed couple of months, but hopefully we'll get them uh, all Figuratively and literally. <laughs> Figuratively. Oh, ah! You guys are the worst. <laughs> so how are you going to... Can't wait till you go to Europe. <laughs> how are you going to pack in. your army over there? Uh, I'm not sure about the overorks. They may get sent in a separate. Ca- like we'll send a box over. Mm-hmm. Perhaps following a us would not do. They <laughs> no. they may also not make the journey. I will need to see where we're at in but, terms of packing. But GW is really cheap over there, so you can do a whole well, new well army. Well, that's the other thing is I don't want to like buy a new army to st- and, until I get there because it'll oh. be like a quarter of the price. Chris yeah. can send us stuff from Fort that World. That won't be annoying at all for you. No, nah, not at all. <laughs> I, I mean, it won't be given the markup. I'll charge. Uh, 
option. <laughs> yeah, you're going to charge forty percent markup, so <laughs> yeah. we might as well buy direct. It's probably still cheaper. Yeah, yeah I'll do your deal. Thirty-five. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. So that that's where I'm at. I'm uh, working on some overorks, writing fluff for them, trying to decide how closely I just netlist Cron's CanCon list, or whether I change it slightly to pretend that I'm innovative. Uh, I will cross that bridge when I come to it. Mm. You got to play twenty plus games a week. I, I'm I may have played a game by the time I get there. I'm not saying I'll I'm not saying I'll play like do as well as Cron. Just that I, I may be copying his list. What did he it? win? Can- no, he didn't win Cancon. The the, the he was on the top, top table last round. Yeah, and somehow drops to fifteenth, which I'm not a huge fan of. I reckon if you're in the top table in the last round, that should be second place. Well, I mean that's where secondaries and stuff come into it yeah. as a tiebreaker. Like, if he's five and zero and has dropped a few secondaries, which with a, a slower army is certainly possible then even if he's in with a shot at winning the tournament, um, yeah, as soon as he loses a game, he th- uh, threatens to drop him a bunch if of If you're not first, you're last. That's exactly what I think yeah. as well. Yeah. I mean, would you rather come 15th and have a crack at winning the tournament or come, let's six? I would straight up cha- trade my second place for that crack in the last game. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I'd much yeah. rather be 15th and say I was in the top table in the last round than come mm-hmm. second. No one no one cares who came second place. Yeah. Nope. Doesn't matter whether it's Who an intro or mile. Place? So exactly, Lockie, I think. Winning. <laughs> well, I'm just thinking <laughs> about Gentili's podiumed, Lockie's podiumed, Nick's podium twice in a month. Mm-hmm. I've won two events. Mm. We might actually just be exiling you, Chris. You're the only person not performing. <laughs> <laughs> exiling. <laughs> <laughs> but also, I've won tr- uh, prizes at every tournament other than CanCon I've been to, oh, nice. and possibly uh, the Bendigo one. Actually, I've, I've just got like. So you won one painting prize, is what you're saying? <laughs> no, you're I have a really good painter and I you've won a, a painting prize. A best in Grand Alliance Chaos and an equal second for painting. So were you, were you the only Chaos well player? Too. Nice, nice. Grand Alliance awards in small oh, events are dumb. <laughs> uh, to be honest, just I, in general. I, I, just, I, I think there are other things that should be rewarded before we get to them, uh, but that's yeah, I think they were cool. I think they were cool in fantasy when there was you had 16, there 16 of them and like some of the factions... Like one player Gen- plays Gen- Tomb Kings, yeah, he yeah. still plays Tomb Kings, high there'd, be five, there'd be five Tomb Kings players and none of them were going to finish anywhere near the top so they could have their own little fight for best Tomb King whereas now the Tomb King player doesn't exist and your your destruction player has to fight against the other better destruction armies if they're playing Ogres or something like mm-hmm. that. And so the, the whole point of best destruction, like best destruction was 15th out of 200 and that's mm-hmm. the lowest of the four. You know, best, uh, best Chaos was first, best Death was second, best Order was fifth, I think. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, My I don't um, think it makes a lot of sense. I, I think it comes down to what you want to reward and promote, mm. uh, whether or not having those as prizes promotes friendly competition, interesting storylines at lower positions in the tournament and gives people something to aim for. If it does that, you know, then it's something to do. And if it's not serving those aims, then maybe it's something to revisit. But I guess we'll, we'll kind of lay all our cards on the table with the way we do prizing so for Lord of War. I don't know what the go is with fucking getting the thing but not being the best in your alliance. So there's like death in second and third, and then the person that gets death is neither of them. That, yeah. that I can't get my head around. Like I get yeah. it, whatever, distribution of prizes. I think like, I think pass the prize down. Yeah, pass the prize down, sure, but like, the, and, and the this title happened, is weird. This happened right? in, in Bendigo. Yeah, I got yours. It was great. I got best order, and he won the event with an order army, so I gave him the trophy because I wasn't the best order player yeah. in the event. Yeah. He was, so I gave I, him, him the trophy. Not that I, like, I mean, I had I came second and would have been top death, but I in no way care about getting No, no, that's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying it's weird. I, I don't understand the carry down. I um That frustrates me particularly for best sports because I think you should acknowledge – the person who gets best sports, 
especially if they're on the podium, because that says you can that really promotes good games regardless of winning or losing. The dude that won the UK Masters came first and won best sports. Yeah, good on him. Yeah, I mean, w- most of my events that's how we've done it in the past. Yeah. It only got awkward once when Greg Johnson won best sports, best painting, and best overall. <laughs> yeah, and I gave him all so the trophies. Do you know they have a name for that in the UK? It's Golden Balls. So a guy called a guy called Joe Serge did that multiple times. They said he's the Golden Balls Award. Golden Balls Award. I like it. I I've done Might that at an event that as well. Um, and I was disappointed because I would have preferred best sports over first. Like that was oh, would you? That was more important to me than first place was best sports, or not best painted. But um, yeah, best sports more important. To I me had than a, first. I had an event a while back where I was really gunning for a painting award. And I'd put a lot of effort in my army, and then they didn't give me the painting award because I podiumed. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. I've had that happen. It's a bummer. So, uh, I I do agree that prizes should be evenly distributed amongst players around yeah, sure. the field and stuff. I don't like one person running, well, walking home with with all the prizes. But I think if you've got a trophy for it, the trophy mm. goes to the person who won it. Because realistically, it? the material value of the trophy is zero. And this, yeah. and there are other ways to achieve those kind of outcomes than with pass downs, which mm-hmm. is to distribute trophies differently. So our running sheet is massive, and this definitely isn't on it. So that's good. We're well, doing really it kind well. of is because we've we've got to talk about Lord of War because the last time we talked about Lord of War, we hadn't sold any tickets. Mm. Should we have a break and then come back and talk about it? I think we should. Who do you reckon the Lord, Lord of, War of War is? The Lord of War is, is Nick Cage. Oh. But it's also the person that wins Lord of War. What rend do you no, think... No, that's the Lord of Lord of War. Lord of Lord of War. The what King you, of Lord of War. What, do you, what rend do you think Nick Cage would have if he was in Age of Sigma? It depends which... Yeah, which, which, which Nick Cage? Which guys of Nick Cage? Mm-hmm. The Lord of War guys of Nick Cage. Like a Ren 1. Well, probably higher uh, than I reckon Ren 2 because he's got, he's got firearms. Yeah, but... Conair, Nick Cage is Ren three D six damage. I think oh. I think like Ghost Rider, Nick Cage is no Ren, but like more attacks. And on yeah. a six to hit, does mortals exactly. <laughs> what what Ren do you think Nick Cage from Face Off is? Who is actually John Travolta? 
who is actually Nicolas Cage, who was actually John Travolta. The wife would definitely have known. Like, you could, you can definitely tell if you're <laughs> fucking a different bloke. That's a given. Not if your face is the same. Yeah. I've never been able to tell when I fucked a different bloke. <laughs> <laughs> I just couldn't tell. Like, All right, so last time we, we talked Lord of War was pre-ticket sales. So we have sold some tickets. In fact, we have sold all the tickets. All the tickets? Sold out. I don't have a ticket. Can I not come? <laughs> Maybe if you listen to the fucking podcast, you'd... <laughs> That's right. I'm sure we can find something for you to do. <laughs> we said you were going to dress up like a butler and you were going to run drinks around. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even have a butler costume. Mr. No, no. Sheffield. <laughs> Niles just strolls on in. <laughs> we, we've got an outfit for you. Oh, excellent. So 64 tickets are sold. I don't think a thong is an outfit. No. That's a, Technically. Just one. <laughs> yeah. You can't even buy me a pair of thongs. No, it'll, ru- it'll ruin the illusion. Oh, the illusion of <laughs> me being a doll bludger. <laughs> so we sold 64 tickets on the nose, which is how many we were selling. So there is currently no waiting list. So what nose did we sell them on and how did we fit 64 t- <laughs> tickets on them? <laughs> was there room to set up a stall? Fucking you plug the damn thing. <laughs> Whose nose was this? Where is the event, Nick? Uh, no one knows. In, oh! <laughs> Except that we do know. Um, it's at a really cool venue. Um, that Nick's now going to plug for us. In Melbourne. Correct. Um, here's, a, here's a hint. You've been there. You hosted, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you a, hosted your birthday party It's there. at Games Lab, but in the upstairs part, not the downstairs part. Yeah, but we've booked out the downstairs part for Saturday night. Alchemist Refuge. Yeah. yeah. But only Alchemist can come there. Mm-hmm. No, only Alchemist can seek refuge there. Oh, but everyone else can go there. Yeah. They've also changed the name. It's now just downstairs at Lab. No. Oh, that's lame. I'm going to call it Alchemist Refuge. I think that's fair. Or Azir. No. The Anvil of Apotheosis. So they're going to do some no. food for us as well. Are they? What mm-hmm. food? Paleo? Paleo, yeah. Oh, good, good, good. I actually, in the form for signing on, you got to put your dietary requirements and there were some interesting oh, dietary what? Tell me some, tell me some, please. Please, 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 please. <laughs> I think some people were taking the piss. What did they put? I'm not going to. I'm not gonna Banana? Say. But then the fun bit is going to be where we take their taking the piss seriously and they actually get a plate of jelly beans or something for dinner. Correct. Oh. Did someone legitimately ask for a plate of jelly beans? (laughs) (laughs) No idea. Fuck, maybe I should have done that. (laughs) So, yeah, tickets are sold, but if you want to jump on the waiting list, um, shoot us a message because there is is room and uh, inevitably there will be a couple drops, I'm sure. But, but yeah, all the tickets are are gone skis. Yeah. Um, We've paid for the venue, so it's locked in. Oh. It's 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 all real now. Excellent. Excellent. Extremely excellent. So you need to go and check your mum's garage for the tables that are hopefully still there? I don't have them, but I know where they are. Can you find them? Yeah. Cool. You have until June. Yeah. (laughs) I'd like a table too, so... Oh, you can take some afterwards. Yeah, just Current, one. Yeah. Um, Arcanacon's got I, them. I have one, one table. So, um, uh, we lent them to the guys for Arcanacon, so I'll just get them back from them. Lent or rented? Uh lent, because good guy Nick does good guy <laughs> thing. And they're just taking up room in my parents' garage. Yeah, and and now we can ask favors for them if we need some terrain or yeah, mm-hmm. more tables. At, I don't know. Yeah, that's right. I like it. Um. We've got some sponsors who are on board. We mentioned uh, a few of them last time. So we've got Modular, which are going to be providing some... We've been working with them on some awesome objective markers. Uh, Dark Fantastic Mills over in the UK are sponsoring a table, which likely will be the table that we're streaming the event from. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, so they've got some awesome scenery, which we'll use... What happened? Is this the first time we've mentioned that we're going to be streaming Lord of War? No, we've mentioned no. it three times. Okay. Is I should pay more attention. Is <laughs> The Honest <laughs> War Gamer coming? 
The Honest War Game is not coming, so we're going to do our own crappy knockoff version of the Honest War Gamer. We're going to be the dishonest war. Well, gamer. no, we can all be honest war gamers. We just won't be the honest war mm-hmm. gamer. The main reason he's not coming is I think he's sick of you. Oh. <laughs> Possibly because you spent the whole CanCon weekend harassing him and asking him stupid questions. It wasn't harassment if it's consensual. <laughs> can we edit that out, please? We probably can. Um, so you sp- yep. spent the whole weekend harassing him. Yes, I did. I think he's he's over you particularly. Oh, that makes me sad. Well, because he doesn't want to have you know the, the whole rest of the weekend with you saying, so if you had top secret classified information and a spy from Russia came up to you and said, could you please give me that top secret information, would you tell them? And then he'd say yes, and then you'd say... That's because you're the honest war gamer. That's right. That is why he's the honest yeah, war gamer. Yeah, it would be a whole weekend of that, and then he would, you know, be locked into selling state secrets to Russia, and that's yeah. not a position he wants to be in. What what state secrets does he have when light elves are coming out? Ooh. He probably does know that. Oh, I'm gonna message him <laughs> because he won't be able to lie. You know, you know what you can do. What's that? You're you're probably gonna be on the stream. Oh, am I? So you can probably mm-hmm. shout him out on the stream. Am mm-hmm. I going to be commentating on the stream? I don't think we'll commentate. I think we'll just talk. Because oh. Gentilly is going to be on there, so we're not mm-hmm. going to be capable of like cogent discussion. No, mm-hmm. it's not going to make sense at all. So yeah, we are we're super excited for Lord of War. We've got we're going to stream it. We're going to have awesome food, awesome prizes, um, awesome plates of jelly beans. Yeah, it's some awesome games. It's just gonna be, it's gonna be fucking sweet. It's gonna be awesome. Um, miniature scenery are on board as well. They're gonna um, provide us with some some measurement sticks and, and multi tools and stuff like that. KR Multi Case are throwing some prize support in, so we'll have some of their um, stuff. And uh, a new new prize support is Artist Opus are on board, so they do some yeah, they look great, amazing paintbrushes. These are like you know Windsor and Newton standard brushes. Um, and they've actually just launched a Kickstarter, which um, for a new set of brushes, which are like particularly they're short um they're slightly shorter than a normal brush mm-hmm. so they don't flex as much and they look fucking sweet so i yeah. wish somehow i would be able to test these so that i could somehow recommend them on a podcast that goes out to many thousands of people each you're, you're saying you need to brush up on your knowledge yeah oh. Well, let, let's let's cut the cheese. If I was the honest war gamer, this is what I would say because I'm very honest. I want a free set of brushes because I need new brushes and I want to test them and they look cool. They're really good. I've got some. Already. Have you got some? Mm-hmm. And they come in a sweet little because I've got Windsor. Oh, that's what I liked about them—the container. Yeah, I've got Windsor and Newtons at the moment. Anything and that comes in a fancy container is just win with with like a special brush soap. Mm-hmm. Oh, it comes with its own soap because yeah, I've, I've bought the little soap. To use them. Yeah, ergonomic handles. The yeah. handles are. Really I'll nice. be the judge of that. My ergonomics degree will determine. The handles are really <laughs> nice. Um, but you yeah, know, I would have mind some. You could pick some up. They're only forty-five pounds for a set. How much? Forty-five pound. How much is Rough, that in rough, Australian? Roughly eighty dollars a dues. Yeah. Um, plus the forty percent markup that England charges us, or so is that just GW? It's not GW, mate. Oh. It's just so it's about six painting handles worth of brushes. Mm-hmm. It's worth it. They're really good. Eighty bucks. Oh, I pay. What did I pay for my two Windsor and Newtons? I think about twenty five bucks each. So yeah, not, yeah, it's they're, then they're well priced. They're like they're not expensive. But if they sent them to me, I would get them for free. <laughs> <laughs> You're not getting them for free because they're supporting our tournament, and so we're going to give them away to people who play in the tournament. 
but I would, can't get a ticket because it's sold out. Would the brushes be worth more as a prize if they've been used by the famous Ooh. Nick Gentile? Ooh. Oh, the answer is no. Um, Probably not. Oh. Maybe if you'd gotten a painting nomination, came mm-hmm. up, yeah, I know. Then maybe it would have been worth. Maybe if I had these brushes, I would have got a painting nom. <laughs> I mean, we could just keep all the prizes for ourselves and give nothing to the players, but that doesn't. We, seem we, we really could also cool. just like accept their money, then can the tournament and not refund it and make we, a mint, and then give them cheese sandwiches. That what would really we, be the honest. If there's cheese yeah, sandwiches as the lunch, <laughs> I'm going to flip a table. This is this gonna just going to be fire? This festival? is going to be the fire festival <laughs> of Warhammer tournaments. We're going to be on Netflix. <laughs> it's going to be amazing. We're going to have some Puerto Rican lady or something that everyone's going to fall in love with. It's going to be fucking cool. Do we have a Puerto Rican lady on the podcast? We pod- do now. Is she replacing Chris? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Definite upgrade. What, what's her nickname going to be? The Egg. Oh, okay. Because yeah. she wouldn't be a replacement otherwise. Yeah. But what's egg in Puerto Rican? You know what we could do? We could pretend that we were donating the proceeds of this tournament to charity. Oh, don't. <laughs> <laughs> gay oh, life. We're not going to go there. We're not going to go there. Too many so, uh, awesome sponsors on board. Awesome sponsors. Really excited about this. Uh, Smorgan's going to be there. All three versions of Smorgan are going to mm-hmm. be there in mm-hmm. some shape or form. We're going to have some amazing prizes. How good is Haiku Smorgan? Lockie Mulch Cakey will be there. Lockie Mulch oh. Cakey will be there. Chris Cousins won't be there. Maybe I'll have to refund some what tickets. About, yeah. What about Jabe and Dave? What are, I, think we're oh. a, I think we're a good shot of getting... Old Man Morin? Well, we're Brad will definitely come. Yeah. Old Man Morin. Um, celebrated his 108th birthday. He did. It's, fucking, it's did. a good effort. It's a he, good effort. He and I are but probably... But he was born on a leap year, so... But what's, mm-hmm. what's that in human years? Because that's 108 in dog years. <laughs> um, so old, old dog one. years is... Uh, carry the two, 736. That checks out. Um, we'll probably be playing Legion in the corner, him and I, while the tournament's <laughs> no, going. we're playing Lord of the Wings, <laughs> Rings, man. We've already organised. Oh, on yeah, the Saturday Lord night, our slow grow will come to a conclusion. Are you shitting me? No, I'm being serious. We've spoken about this multiple times. Yes! <laughs> I haven't checked that chat so for doing, like a week we're either. We're doing 500-point armies. Oh, There's I'm, at least six of us. I'm down like a clown, Charlie Brown. You guys can play Lord of the Rings upstairs. We're going to be drinking in the bar downstairs. Mm. Well, we're going to be taking refuge in Middle Earth. Pew, pew, pew. Pew, pew. Take it Do off. Do you know what my army has? It's Chariot. Oh, you got pool, the Candice Chariot? Yeah. Pool, oh, no, the Dwarf Chariot. It's pulled by like six pigs. <laughs> and it looks like a steam tank with a bolt thrower is, on it. Is it the Hobbit? That, yeah. that thing <laughs> has, outrageous, it has four pages of it rules. It cost me 230 pounds. It has, <laughs> it has four pages of rules. It is the most fucked up yeah, thing it's in cool, the whole man. game. I bought it and then that people are like, oh, so it turns out that, that dwarf army is really good. I was like, oh. Yeah, they are really good. Iron Hills, they're amazing. I do have a pretty big announcement to make with Lord of War though. You're pregnant. No, it's oh. Lord of War based and you're not going to be happy. Lord of War's pregnant. Oh no! Don't do this. We're doing it. Fucking hell! Because we're gonna, we're actually later on. We're gonna, we're gonna talk about round timings and and, oh. and the the oh. speed of Age of Sigma two. Oh, we're gonna drop Lord of War down to five games. What? Uh, I'm I'm ashamed. I, like I I genuinely feel. This is actually why I'm leaving the country. I refuse to be associated with a five-game gaming weekend branding itself. So we're not running a tournament. Anyone that wants to play a sixth game on the Saturday night or the Friday night or the Sunday night is welcome to. I will submit. I will submit that into the results. (laughs) You'll have an opportunity. You'll have an opportunity to pick up twenty extra points. Someone goes seven zero in a five-game tournament. (laughs) I'm I'm outraged. Uh, uh, Let's run our own event on the same weekend. Yeah, and have one extra day, one extra game. 
We, our event can be Lord of War 2. I've been lobbying to make Electric it a seven gamer and now we're going to five. Fuck seven, we could do seven and have four on day one. Yeah. yeah. And then it'll be a real endurance event. That's well, right. Why not just play like three hour games, play like 12 of them over the weekend, mm-hmm. you know, do, do a proper endurance event. Do you mm-hmm. remember our plans for the 24 hour tournament <laughs> <laughs> where oh, you oh, played eight <laughs> games in one day? <laughs> oh, I'm so that. up for that. <laughs> we were going to do that at... Um, yeah, lock an event. At, um, <laughs> what was Viv's shop called? Battle Bunker. We we're going to do it there and have eight games in 24 hours and you just didn't get to sleep. And so the winner at the end the was... The crankiest bastard. The master ever of endurance. And if you if you got a draw, you actually lost points. So people couldn't just be like 10-10. Yeah, and, and have go, a sleep. Go for a sleep under the table. You actually went backwards. Yeah. So this is more about being accommodating to interstate travellers than any personal philosophies, right? Yeah, correct. So we could finish at 7pm on the Sunday night. And we should. Without any problems and do six games. The issue is, you know, people are going to want to be flying back on Sunday night and so yeah. we need to finish yeah. around 5.30ish at the absolute what, latest. What time do we start on Sunday? Relatively early. It's yeah. still it's still like a 9am, 8 So why not just start, start at 6am and play three games? Because no one is going <laughs> to want to get up at 6am after what we get uh, up to. Yeah, uh, after having war. booked out the bar. Well, you don't have to get up. You walking just distance up. from karaoke. Are, are we able to sleep at the venue? No. Under <laughs> the TO table. <laughs> Strictly No. <laughs> Um, that's really disappointing that we can't sleep at the venue. Um, I don't remember this being a problem for 8th Ed. What time do we finish tournaments with 8th Well, Ed? that's what we're going to talk about later is timing and round timing and, and how long it takes to play a game of Age of Sigma. Mm. Um, we could talk about it now, but we haven't had a little pre-discussion and so we haven't agreed on how we're going to influence the community with our opinion yet. <laughs> oh, so do we influence the community? No. Well, I, 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 think, <laughs> I think what's really important is that we all agree and don't actually disagree with each other. That will make the discussion more robust. Yeah, that will be much more enjoyable for the <laughs> listeners. So I don't care what you say. It's going to be five games and that's what everyone wants. Mm, well, we, I guess we won't be the biggest tournament in Australia then. No. Yeah. No. And, and CanCon at 350 players next year is going to blow that out. If CanCon was five games... I'd have I'd have gone six <laughs> games just to be the biggest game biggest tournament in Australia. Yeah. But Cancon already did six we with two hundred something players. We so they, I think they've got us. I think Cancon should do eight next year. Yes. hundred <laughs> percent. Make it four hundred, make it so eight games. Yeah. I played two games on the Friday and next year I'm gonna try and play three games on the Friday. Yeah. So I can get nine games. I, I'd rather play two games on the Friday and then just have an extra three hours of chilling and drinking. Yeah. I would rather play games non-stop for three days. Yeah, because I don't get to play games otherwise. So when yeah. I'm there, I'm just like, oh, I just want to play. And I'll that play. was the same. Even when like, we went to the bar, I was like, I just want to play Smash Bros. You say that, yeah. Nick, but you're the one who didn't hang around for the podcasting on the Sunday night. Actually, that's, tired. that's not fair because he hung around for two hours <laughs> while we are doing the award ceremony. And then he hung around for another 90 minutes while we are doing the pack up. Yeah. So it's like you hung around the three and a half hours you told your partner you'd be away. Yeah. And we hadn't even started the podcast. Th- well, that, that was That's my the concern. Issue, right? Yeah. yeah. Is Expe- it expectation management needs yeah. to improve. Maybe I just leave her at home next. Time. No, I can't do that. That 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 would be. She actually really loves the trip mm. to Cancun. I I find it really weird that you would love coming to Canberra for Cancun and not going to Cancun at all. Like, so so it's more that you're just going to Canberra, not actually for Cancun. And why so don't you go to Canberra? Don't you have like a gaming yeah. group that's WAGs included? Yeah, yeah. So we had a whole WAG crew that, that came along and she's also got some friends that live in Canberra. Or are they all, all just girlfriends, no wives yet? No, they're There's all wives, wives except for Ash. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's fine, you're working on that. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're sorting that out, don't worry. Um, but my hope is that at some point in the future I can wrap up a 
trip to see her family and a big US convention. Um, I think that will be really fun because mm-hmm. I can just leave her with her family and I can nerd out with American nerds. American nerds are the best. Mm. Better than British nerds? It's a tough one. They're different. Yeah. Are they honest? Not no. as honest. No. <laughs> okay. I, I they, like get, the they get kicked out of top eights. I like the yeah. Swedish nerds. They've been excellent. Swedish do nerds. they all speak like this? <laughs> oh, yeah, yes, they do. <laughs> so, Lord of War, pretty disappointing. Five games. <laughs> Five games. Have a shit one. Yeah. <laughs> Refunds are on offer. Yeah, um, I would, I'd be asking for a refund. They're actually not. <laughs> 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 this is not negotiable. Yeah, um, all that Ponzi scheme stuff was not a joke. No, no it is actually Fire Festival. Enjoy uh, your cheese sandwich. So, what... Um, which game are we going to stream? Which game? Yeah, all which game? All five. All five games? Yep. Yeah, we're going to stream five and we'll choose one each round and then the last round will be the top table presumably. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. So that means there's four opportunities. What, what I'm hoping for is um, at some point Randy is either doing well um, or is playing someone that has anger management issues and we're able to stream <laughs> that and have him make someone table flip. Um, well, we can get a table using f- fake, fake, armies. fake armies. If someone can table flip the amazing terrain that we're going to have, that'll be really amazing. <laughs> um, <laughs> that'll be next level. Or what we can do is just like nail that table to the floor so that someone goes to flip it <laughs> and then you get like two minutes of them awkwardly straining trying to flip the table. Um, who's going to be the pitch side commentator? Who's going to be in the commentary box? Who is going to be the VAR? All of us. Are we going to be implementing VAR for the top table? Video referee will be in focus. Oh, Will, that, will it be really awkward and stop for five minutes and then just confirm the mistake that the referee made anyway? Pretty much. Yeah, yeah. Another contextual joke for <laughs> fans Australian of soccer fans. Yeah. No, no, it's worldwide soccer fans again. Yeah, yeah. Because isn't it in the Champions League now? It's in... It's in I mean, I, I yeah. still want England's goal back at the World Cup in like 2012. 2010. 100% cross the line. Yeah. <laughs> that was definitely... We were, when we, um, we were at TGI's watching... That after some tournament, weren't like, we? I, I was also at a tournament in Cardiff. We it was the Six Nations, I think, and so we had literally a team of English people all watching the soccer in the venue after the game. They'd pulled like a projector down, oh. watching the soccer. The goal goes in. All the English people are up and cheering, and then it gets uh, reviewed. And the Irish are all laughing and singing "Germany, Germany, forever" at the English fans. And then Ben Carey just said, "No, no, it's great. Now we have an excuse for why we're going to lose." Ah! That's a great did. attitude, Ben Curry. Yeah, yeah. It cracked me up. Yeah. Cracked the egg up. Cracked. Um, I was sure we were at TGI's. Maybe that was a different World Cup. No, yeah, I, 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 I was, was not. I was in a different place. No, I, it was a different one. Yeah, no, because you were at this. Maybe it was just replays or something. I don't know. Mm. But I remember watching the World Cup. So, next segment, maybe? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What is it? Why tournament should be six games? No, this is top. This is our favorite list. Impromptu discussion. Yeah, we're doing our favorite lists from CanCon. So CanCon was about three weeks away uh, ago. Um, hopefully, I'm going to edit this and post it tonight, so it will be relatively topical. But um, yeah, we want to talk about. Uh, there's been a lot of talk about CanCon, which has been awesome. Heaps mm-hmm. of podcasts, heaps of coverage, write-ups, and stuff. It's been fucking fantastic. Um, the, the way the community's got around it. But we want to focus on something that we think hasn't been focused on uh, as much, is that not just the best lists at the event, but some of our favourite lists. Mm. So I'm going to start, um, and I've got two, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to probably start and finish. My first one is Ash McEwen's Nighthorn list. Oh. All these lists are on the Honest Wargamer for yep. people playing at home. Oh, 
So I will. Uh, I'll give a quick rundown of list. Uh, if he, if there's a typo in it on the honest war game, does that mean he's been dishonest? No, no. Okay. Because he honestly it was attempted. It's called an honest mistake for. A oh, reason. okay. So Nighthaunt, uh, Mortal Realm, Sheesh, uh, Dreadblade, Harrow, Guardian of Souls, Lady Alinda, Rikenord, Grimhaler. So a bit of a kind of um, super best friends list. Spirit Torment, the Briar Queen. Two chain rust hordes of ten, ten Grimgast Reapers, two by five blade dice revenants, two chain ghasts, six thorns of the Briar Queen, a black coach, and a shroud guard battalion. But this is where it gets real spicy. Purple Sun, Solstice, Snare Shackles as well. Ooh. So a couple endless spells. Like I, I straight up don't get this list. And this is why I, I love it, because he did so well with it. He was uh, I think table three in the last round, so pushing for a podium. Uh, lost to a, a Nagash Grimgast list, which, you know, what are you going to do in a really close game? I've played Nighthorn. I don't get this list, but, you know, good on him. And seeing it on the table helped. He he plays it really well. It's lots of small units. It's got a couple tricks to it. Uh, there's a write-up on the, the Honest list, uh, Honest Wargamer. So if you look for Shackled and Ambushed Beneath the Purple Sun, um, or just type in Ashley McEwen into the Honest Wargamer search, it brings up a, a great army list rundown where he kind of explains how he how he goes about it. But yeah, no, this is a cool list. And Chris, you've played against the list. Yeah, uh, we had a grudge in round one. And the, some of the things that the write-up was focusing on didn't really come into play in our game. And so I can't really speak to how the list worked in other scenarios or against other opponents. But uh, we played three pl- uh, Places of Arcane Power or th- one of the uh, Heroes Only Capture. Mm. And Ash had, I think, five heroes. I only had... Or, uh, or like five things that captured I only had three he also got first turn and so he was able to move on to the objectives uh, charge me on turn one with the black coach and then just put his entire army between me and the objectives and basically give me uh, three turns to kill his entire army uh, or and, whilst not losing my character so I lost the game and that that didn't happen like I'm I definitely made some mistakes uh, in, in execution. But the kind of things that he was talking about uh, in the, the rundown, all of the movement debuffs, didn't really come into play in our game so much. But it was, yeah, just the kind of generic thing of night haunt, deep striking, keeping people off the objective where they could. Uh, it, it was very mobile and, as you say, did a lot of kind of tricky things, which I suspect all focused around in other games would have all focused around getting onto objectives and keeping people off rather than it being about damage output or anything like that. Uh, and uh, Ash wasn't trying to like, run the best possible list he could have. I think stuff like the Purple Sun was largely in there because it's kind of fun. Uh, and he did, you know, must have played spectacularly well. Was it painted yeah. purple? Uh, yes. Oh, good. So I'm so pleased to hear you say that. doesn't look like a sun. I wanted to some in some way constructively say this is an objectively bad list and you've said it so much neater <laughs> and better than I could have. So props to Ash, he must have played it terrifically well. Objectively and suboptimal, but not yeah. necessarily like bad. Well, not okay, so in terms of the tiers of armies and that there are multiple ways you could improve this army. If you were going <laughs> out to dead set just try and win a tournament. I don't think this is the list you would take. No, definitely not. And it, it probably is not the faction you would take. So I'd, I think the Nighthaunt stuff in Legions, I know, big call, is better <laughs> than in Nighthaunt. So I think awesome work by Ash to do so well. I think cool and creative list, absolutely. Um, and what this demonstrates to me as well, perhaps something you guys have observed too, is 
there's a real benefit in Age of Sigma if you understand your list intimately and your opponent doesn't. So off the wall lists are how actually intimate. actually really good because you understand the way that they work and how they operate, and your opponent often doesn't. And we we talk about once you've played someone once, twice, three times, you're so much better prepared to what you should do tactically. Um, and I wouldn't have known how to play against Dash's list. I, I would have come up and said to me like, "What the fuck do I do here?" Sun Tzu, one thousand battles. Know yourself. Know your enemy. <laughs> one thousand battles. One thousand victory. Have you actually read the Art of War? Yeah, it's about twelve pages long. Yeah. <laughs> Unless you buy one of those Art of War for Business ones where oh. they've tacked on a whole bunch of random crap on the end and then resell it, obviously. Mm-hmm. I haven't read that. So, yeah, I think this is a really cool list. He, you know, Like I said, he played Legions of Nagash in the last round and, and lost, but it was very, very close. Otherwise, he would have been on the podium for sure. And, mm-hmm. like, I was playing Legions and I would have loved... Like, looking at straight up the list, I would have loved to play this because I just feel like there's not a lot he can do about Nagash. There's not a lot he can do about the big Grimgast units. And I just felt like you could just kind of push it in and take all this stuff off, but uh, clearly that's not the case. So. Well, I, I think my list, if we were just trying to kill each other, I think my, my army could, and if we'd played five turns, would have like, tabled it reasonably reliably. What I couldn't do, though, was shift him off objectives in time frames, and he's basically taken all of the things that he can, shackles, the Briar Queen, mm-hmm. uh, th- like those kind of things that will uh, slow people down and just help... Uh, like add more to that kind of objective control. So yeah, there's a lot of core movement kind of shenanigans here. Yeah, so, and, and so maybe you know if he plays against a bunch of daughters armies and Nagash with sixty Grimgars and things, maybe on balance it gets found out at at that kind of end. But most tournaments you're not going to be expecting to play against those kind of lists until the last couple of rounds anyway. And yeah, if you get a good scenario or you play well in those setups, you know, may it, as he showed, you can still do well at a tournament with a list that is objectively awful and unplayable mm-hmm. for unplayable. for people <laughs> as uh, pe- people as unimaginative as Sam over here. Mm-hmm. Hey Sam, if you put Harrison in a purple t-shirt yes. and purple shorts. <laughs> yes. I see where this is going. Do you think you could put him on a Warhammer table and use him as a purple sun? He is like a bowling ball. So he's head <laughs> and shoulders bigger than all the other kids in his room and he just Knocks them over like ten pins. <laughs> so he so is a purple. He son. would be awesome. <laughs> How many model awesome. wounds do you reckon he does to those Fuck. kids? On a two plus, he does. He's like D12. the pe- he's like the pendulum, but he can change direction. <laughs> <laughs> Which is basically what the purple sun is. <laughs> All right, so Sam, Mister Unimaginative, your favourite list? Pratisandri. So. Starts <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna use yeah. that gag. Fucked. All right, so my actual favourite list. <laughs> Um, and one that I kept a, a keen eye on over the weekend um, was Drakey Ganeth, Daughters of Cain. Oh, yeah, they were good. Who was the... So, this list was Nick Gentili's list, and I think... Fuck, the I'd best list writer in So, Age I think Sigma. at the event, I said this prior to the event, I'll stick stick to it. I thought Nick's list, Aaron Graham's list, and Matt Campbell's list were the best lists. That's what I said prior to the actual event happening. Aaron Graham gave zero fucks and finished 50th. But his list easily could have top five. If Nick had won his last game, he would have top five, and Matt ended up coming first. There's something to be said for having a really strong list. Mm. So the reason that I like Nick's list, you also think Ash's list is unplayable, and he came top ten. So I don't think he came top ten, and I stand by that it's not a strong list. Therefore, he must be an excellent general. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard when you're actually trying to say something positive, and Chris flips it and tries to make it sound negative. Well, 
Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that like the whole point of how else do you scramble eggs? So the reason that I love Nick's list is that seven of his units have retreat and charge, and I think that's mm. one of the strongest things. So good uh, in in Age of Sigma, and those seven units are all in the one battalion. So being so. Drake Ganeth, mm. he can retreat and then charge, and on the turn he charges, he gets plus one to hit. Mm. So he can bounce all over the board. He has really great body presence. He's got eighty. Um, witches and, and sisters. Uh, and then he's got the Doomfire Warlocks there for mortal wound output. Um, the Medusa's really good in the current meta and he's given it the artifact that gives it the reroll ones for casting and plus one to cast when it's casting. It's Laura Shadow Spell, which is Mind Raiser. So it gives him good reliability. And because Mind Raiser's a buff with a decent range, he can board edge the Medusa and be out of the... the um, 30 inches. Yeah, that's right. Out of the Nagash debuff zone or out of the Night Encant or Dispel Scroll Zone, all those sorts of things. Mm. Um the one change that I would have made uh, would have been in terms of the the loadout. So all of my witches would have had shields. I think that's far stronger. Yeah, I just didn't have the models painted with shields. And then probably the other thing would have been moving the numbers around a little bit so to get those warlocks up to 10. So the difference between mm. five warlocks and 10 warlocks is really pronounced in terms of the Yeah, it's six a huge difference. Wounds. Yeah, yeah. And also the plus one to cast and unbind. But otherwise, yeah. I thought this was such a good list and it really made me want to play daughters so mm. I, i've been having similar thoughts about the strength of retreat and charge i keep writing nightborn so lists with mm-hmm. blade uh yep. blade geist revenants mm-hmm. uh storm vermin in skaven yep have me actually like, looking really closely at that battle tome mm. and th- the other thing is not just that it can retreat and charge but with so many numbers mm-hmm. th- there aren't many armies that are putting a like, hundred model actual models on the board just to start with mm-hmm. and those models aren't usually as good as buff witch elves. Yep. There was um, there was several games that I deployed and I was like, you actually don't have the numbers to take these objectives off me when we start the game and my stuff is going to kill your shit so really s- easily. Yeah, something I've been finding is that uh, in a lot of positions, rather than have a unit of 10 sequitors, I'd rather have a unit of 5 sequitors and 2 tens of skinks mm. because then you can put like... 25 bodies mm-hmm. on objectives instead yeah. of 10 and a lot of the time even if your unit of sequitors will kill what they're fighting what's more relevant is the number of uh, models that are there rather than like the raw stats yeah and i think your list does a really good job of having both yeah and yeah being so maneuverable is well what like i like about the 20s is that they actually have to put quite a few resources in to get rid of them so they've got to put a quarter of their army or something in to kill 20 because Obviously, it's never isolated on its own. And so, even if they kill... Witches do so many attacks that even if they kill 15 of them, you've still got attacks back and do quite a bit of damage. And then, if they kill 20, it's not enough points that you're like, oh, that's a big chunk of my army. You've got four units of 20. Yeah, here's here's another 60 witches that can run at your face. So, the trap sometimes is to say 30 are more cost efficient. Mm. So, that 30 witches are 270 rather than 300. 300. So you've yep. saved 30 points. points yeah. But what you've actually done is you've embedded 70 inefficient points because you only need 20. 20 yeah. is enough to hold the objective and to kill shit. Yeah. So 10s don't work like that, but 10s yeah. are really good for throwaways. Yeah, yeah. But I think 20 is actually some secret sauce. I think that's a, you've, you've found a good medium there. Yeah. But a lot of people are seduced by the, the hoard discount when it's not necessarily better all of the time. The, the, the flip side of that is if you're trying to finagle some more points That's to right. boost Warlocks, yeah. mm-hmm. then those kind of discounts become mm-hmm. more potentially more important. But you also get with um, the... 30s is a big block. 
Yeah. So it takes up a lot of space. Yeah, sure. Um, and so it's harder to get it where you want it to go. And it's easy to pin down and, and have, you know, things on either end and that sort of stuff. So I, I, I guess I d- from my experience playing Daughters, two questions for you is how did you feel about your drops? And the second one is did you ever even cast the endless spells? I feel like they're, they're uh, wasted points. The drops I thought were fine. Um, I never cast shackles, but cogs was amazing. So I reckon a triumph in yeah. games where you're playing against a 2,000-point army is yeah. better than Shackles. The other thing that I didn't realise with Shackles is I could have used it to block space. Ah. And that would have uh, that was another That's thing. That's basically what they're best. Yeah. Um, so I could have chucked them out. If I could put in the Palisade instead, mm-hmm. um, which I don't think I have the points for, I'd probably take that over Shackles. Sure. But I'd, I don't think I ever cast Shackles. I attempted it once and it got dispelled. And other than that, I never once... So I should have taken a Triumph. I should have taken 20 less points. But I could drop... Triumphs are low-key, really important. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It it cost me... There was another thing that cost me the game against Ryan. He used a Triumph to re-roll his armor saves in one of those and and ended up that I didn't wipe out the unit because Mm -hmm. of that. Um, Yeah, so Triumph or dropping the... I like the cogs because of the three, like, and the low drops that I can put the army on the table and know that I'm going to get this far on turn one. Um, so that's a really good threat to have. But I do see the value of, of um, 10 warlocks. So what I would probably do to get 10 warlocks in is I'd probably drop one unit of 20, which is buff one to 30. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that m- I don't think that's quite enough points to maybe it is enough points to jump to 10. And then if it's not, then drop a couple of the endless spells and put them at 10 or maybe even make them bigger, maybe make them 15 to give them even more resilience. Um, there's, there's juggling that you can do, but the, the core ideas that you're working with here, I think are li- really good stuff. Retreat and charge, mm-hmm. lots of bodies. Yep. Um, Outrageous yeah. damage output, yeah. reliable Stor- magic. Daughter's right, it's never going to be bad. Yeah. Imagine dropping the witches and then the spells and putting in 20 snakes. snakes. Yeah, that would have been so much better. Would it so though? I, I mean, yeah, his army doesn't have the um, the tankiness at the moment. So yeah. the snakes have forty wounds. I, I, I guess on a four up save. Yeah, but could, could you also not just go Hagnar and get that kind of tankiness that you, way? If you go Hagnar, then you lose a plus one to hit on the charge, well, and the yeah. witches the witches can't be in the battalion. Yeah, yeah. all right. You have to be dragged. Yeah, yeah. Was that why not both? But can all those doors? Anyway, Nick's list was awesome. Nick's list was the best of the daughter's lists. I was like a baby with a machine gun. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> oh, I win. Sorry. Um, yeah, it was pretty funny. Uh, we, I had really good games. All right, Nick, what was your favourite list? My favourite list was um, Allegiance, Daughters of Cain, uh, Temple, Drachi, Ganeth, Realm, Ulgu. <laughs> I just <did> this game. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever known Nick to not double down on a joke? Um, mine was... Oh, I, I'm only going through the list that I played and this is no disrespect to the other five people. I also liked your list. But this one was my favourite because I just like Sigmarines. Um, so, Law... This These is, ones are literally Space Wolves. Yeah, yeah, they were really cool. Who's um, a, whose army was it? Nathan Princey? Yep. Or is it Princey? I don't know if he's Princey. Italian. Or, if he's Italian, it's Princey. I think he was Italian. Then Let's go with Nathan. Yeah, Nathan. Nathan P. P to the R to the I to the N to the C to the I. He was a ripper, uh, right? I played him as well. Yeah, he was, he was a really good bloke. It was real fun. Um, and he was really forgiving because I 
obviously, um, Doom and Darkness didn't want to play me because he thinks I'm a bad bloke. So <laughs> I had to. That is not true. <laughs> you are not a bad bloke, <laughs> and and I and, and I would play you if I had to play you at a tournament. Um, yeah. So for whatever reason, I, then I had to, and so I was really late to the table, and I was really stressed out. And he's like, "Don't worry about it." So anyway, um, Lord Arcanum. Um, he was a general. He had Deathly Aura, which I don't know what that is, and he had um, Azerite Halo. So he must have been on foot. And then um, he had a Knight Heraldor. Um, that's the the girl one, that really cool model. Um, a Lord Ordinator and a Lord Castellant with Soul Thief. What is that's the one that? Uh, so the command trait and the artifact are the Stormhost specific ones that you have to take them and they tend not to be very high impact. Oh, that's... So he must have... He's anvils. Anvils of the hell. So what he's he's doing is taking some... Crap shit, stuff. Some too. shit stuff, but he's able to then shoot or fight in the comp- the hero phase. Because when I was writing Anvil's list after this, I decided that to be just standard Stormcast is better um, than Anvil's because I didn't think the better... I don't f- think so. You don't think so. Anyway, <laughs> I, I, not important. I think it, it depends on what you're trying to do. Yeah, that's um, right. I think this, when you've got a big... U- well, we'll get to it, but when you've got big units that you want to fight an extra round of combat with yeah. or if you've got something like uh, Sean's list where you have a bunch of... Uh, raptors, long strikes. With, uh, long strikes to get an extra round of shooting in. At yeah. that point, I, I, you know you need to have the units to make yeah. it worthwhile, rather than just have a generic list and then and I think slap a stormhost onto it. I yeah. think buff ballistas. Are what the does the stormhost do? I can't remember when I was looking at it. Shoot or fight in the hero phase. Oh, with a command point. For a command point. Oh, so he never used that because he didn't need to because no, he yeah. just took me off. Um, <laughs> so, um, good efficiency. He had 10, and is it just one unit or is it lots of units? Well, it's per command point, right? So, Oh, I didn't know that. You can't you can't do it multiple times in the same phase with the same unit. No, not the same unit. No, no. Um, so, but he could shoot all his ballistas. Oh, this is... If really, he had enough command points, this yeah. This is really broken. Um, it's got 10 sequidors with the mauls and the shields and some great maces. Uh, five and five, all the same. And then he had six evocators on Thundercats with the grain staves. They are such cool models. Mm-hmm. They, are re- they look so nice. They look amazing. Um, and then he's got three ballistas um, and the comet. So this unit, uh, this army drops the comet, does some mortal wounds and then waits for a good spot to drop the ordinator and the mm-hmm. um, and the ballistas, and then just shoots the shit out of you. And then once it's softened you up, it runs at you with six dracolines. That um, the knight heralder lets him run and charge, also retreat um, and charge. Retreat is yeah. And then the lord ordinator gives plus one to hit. Oh, he had a, he didn't have a knight um, encounter. That was the lord arcanon. Oh, so I nearly killed his general um, in our game. Um, yeah, the Lord Ordinator um, gives them all plus one to hit, and they they're fucked. By the way, it's they, the range, man. The comet's really long range. So yeah, this is a long range, so you can do it with relative safety but and with with a, a screen of sequitors who are awesome I, in combat. I think a lot of the time you're probably pushing sequitors forward mm-hmm. and then dropping the ballistas mm-hmm. in, not actually at particularly long range, but just no. You want to be in eighteen. You want to be eighteen inches away and mm-hmm. safe because mm-hmm. they get you, multiple turns of shooting. Because then they hit on the four plus, and then each hit does d six. Oh yeah, they're they're actually. So what I, are we I, talking though? Twenty six bodies in fighty stuff. Yeah, three ballistas and a couple of characters. So really low model count. And that's why I thought when the armies went down, I'm like, oh, you don't have enough numbers. Like yeah. if I get into you, I, I I only have to kill one unit, 
and I've won the game. Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't matter which ones, the 10 Sequidors or the six Evocators. Turns out the Evocators on Dracolines are 600 points for a reason because they took off about 2,000 points of my army. They're, yeah. they're pretty good, bro. Yeah. Especially when they That's fight two times a turn. This yeah. is the matchup where Marathi becomes good. So mm. in, in quite a few matchups, Marathi's terrible and you've wasted 480 points. Yeah. But against an army like his, yep. Marathi could really bully that army. Yeah. Fl- flip side is because he's got the Heraldor, you can't re- necessarily tie down the Dracolines with Marathi because he can just give them retreat and charge and go fight something else. Yeah, so her her magic is longer range than his. Oh, and then she's also got a shooting attack, which would be excellent when she's in big form. And then he can't hurt her. Yeah. So he can do like three wounds. Yeah, she she literally would delete a unit of sequitors a turn. So like, just say it takes him three oh, turns yeah. to kill her, and all of a sudden all he's got left is whatever. Anyway, so yeah. it's, we're getting deep into what about this and then this happened and that. The, the sequitors didn't worry me at all. I knew that any one of my twenties would take them off pretty comfortably. Do you reckon? Yeah, I, I, that's I not think been my experience. With yeah, yeah, I think the fives or the ten. The fives you will, not the ten. I, I, yeah. When your when your stuff isn't buffed, I've actually found the sequitors are incredibly good against uh, witch elves. No rend, yeah. Witch yeah. elves. Yep, that's right. Who who sends unbuffed witch elves into combat? Uh, sometimes you get charged, and sometimes you run out of buffs. Mm-hmm. I only stormcast, so you can still deep strike. Sometimes I your buff pieces get shot off by three Celestar uh, <laughs> ballistas. No, he shot the unbuffed ones, and then he charged the buffed ones with the six evocators and killed them all before they got to attack. Yeah, that that also sounds pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> I really like this list because cool, man. there's so many lists out there that are pure combat, and this is a really flexible army. It's got some strong combat stuff with the evocators and the sequitors. It's got some really strong long-range shooting with the Celestar Blisters and then it can do some mortal wound output with the with the Comet and with the Heraldor and stuff like that. So it's a, it's a really flexible list. This mm. can attack, it can defend, it can play objectives if it needs to, it can go out and just crush. I, th- I think what one thing that to me is really key is pairing the Ordinator with Ballistas when one of the things you're going to want to shoot them at is characters. Something that I found playing with them without an Ordinator, they're output is so much less shooting at characters uh, most of the time. You know, your fives go to sixes, they're half as good. When you've got the ordinator going around, it mitigates that entirely mm. and allows you to actually apply your shooting to what you need to deal with in some yep. matchups, which is individual characters. Uh, without the ordinator, I start thinking that the ballistas are not where, not the kind of shooting that I actually want because they're, they're kind of inflexible. Uh, so I think that's really key. Mm. Uh, and this is this is Dan Brewer's master's list, isn't it? Uh, Dave Kerr's. Dave Kerr, sorry. Similar. The, 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 I believe there are some small changes. Maybe... Um, it's coming from a good base. Get rid of that. He, I think he swapped the teleport character for the, the run and charge character, which yeah. is um, like fine. Do you know what I mean? Like they're, they're both awesome. Yep. I, looking at this list, and this is kind of what gave me the inspiration to start writing this for CanCon next year, um, I was like, oh... Three more champs. Chambers will open between Before now and then. <laughs> um, but it's like, how can I fit a couple of um, battalions in to reduce the drops? Um, and I think you can do it with putting an extra unit of evocators in or splitting the, the, the six into two threes, um, that sort of thing. Can you take yeah. evocators on Dracolines in the cleansing? F- I, I yeah, it just says I evocators. So. No, no, it's evocators in bold when if, I looked if, at it. If you can, then I will 100% be doing that. So I might that, do that for SAG too. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. It's, that, that is literally the one thing I, think I would it's, want to do more than anything It's else. two sequitors and two evocators, and I'm pretty sure the evocators were um, the keyword evocators, not... Now, what's yeah. the game's workshop <laughs> spelling of phalanx? Uh, uh, nah, I got it. That's yeah, all right. They, they, they didn't no, think they not, they're not bolded. 
They were in the battle tome, though, <gasps> I'm pretty sure. Anyway, bum, bum, bum. Ben Johnson, if you're listening, I will just—I yeah. got the battle tome at home. I'll have a look. Yeah, a discussion for another time, maybe. Yeah, but um, that—that's the only Once thing that I was looking at. Confirmed what the rules actually are. D- to, yeah. to be honest, I, I've been looking at potential lists based on this kind of shell as well, and I—I I th- I think there's a lot that you can do with. It. I was looking at even changing it to astral templars, mm-hmm. uh, getting the extra plus one to hit monsters on those ballistas when you drop down and are doing hits on threes against bloodthirsters and nagashes seems really good to me. I think there's potentially scope to. Sc- I don't know if how much the Castellan adds. It's good, but maybe squeezing out something like the Castellan to get 20 skinks in. I reckon the Castellan's really good if you've got a bigger unit of sequitors. Um, I don't think he adds as much on the little ones. It's for the Drax. Yeah. So like the, the Drax take all these wounds, you give them the Castellan buff, they go in, they get oh. them back. But well, you, you very rarely get them back, but just like taking less wounds is huge. Yeah. Um, how does that work, the getting them back? Because every seven heals a wound, but... So do you put the sevens aside you or whatever? Only, you can only heal wounds that are already on the model. So if you're yeah. unwounded, you don't mitigate wounds that you're taking at the same oh, time. Oh, okay. Just, that's just what that, I just that's said. That's what yeah, I was wondering. Um, yeah, so you don't do the wound and then heal it with an, a save that you've made. So you, so let's say you've done if, 10 if you're saves and 10 failed. And then you take, yeah, th- then you can't use those heals on the wounds you're taking at the same time. So you're only really going to save at We're most six. plus one armor save, right? Yeah, yeah which is great. It's, it's more for that. Really good. Yeah, which is great. That means they're on twos, aren't they? Threes. 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 Yeah, the four base. This is the thing, like with the Tempest Psy, in the first turn, I just stuff feels so tanky. It's only plus yeah. one save, but it makes yeah. a massive difference. Yeah. Well, that's that's the whole way that I put together the snakes list is like, well, if I keep them near the cauldron, then they're on fours, and then I can give them Mystic Shield to rewall. You know what I mean? Yeah. And put mm-hmm. them in terrain. And in AOS 1, Mystic Shield was plus one armor save. I know. Yeah, that so was good, That man. was dumb. What do you reckon so a Mystic yeah. Shield looks like? Like a magical shield. Mine's a little red token. Oh, I've been making tokens. I didn't think actually I, I have a token that is a shield that I use for kind of defensive buffs in all spells. I didn't oh. think, I didn't think Bang, you, that's I, what a mystic shield looks like. I oh, didn't wow. think he used tokens at uh, Kang. <laughs> oh fuck. <laughs> I I right. reckon it looks like you know when Gandalf's fighting the Balrog? Oh yeah. And you shall the, not bust. And the Balrog goes to whip him it. or hit him with the sword and, and he puts his staff up and he's surrounded by like this ball yeah. of force field. Who's the I watcher think. in the night? The watcher the in watcher in the deep? The watcher in the deep. Yeah. That's a squid at the thing. Oh, is it? It just pops out of terrain on the table, wherever you want. Yeah, Hello! Right. Lord of the Rings is fucking sick, man. It's so good, dude. Yeah. Um, I've been saying this for years. I've got my we'll have a historical... I've got my painting project. You guys are all gushing about Lord of the Rings. I'm so fucking keen. It's, <laughs> it is the best Warhammer historical ever. so much money on hobby. Oh. <laughs> and then um, everything feels like it's supposed to feel. Like your spearmen work like spearmen. And your guys with shields work like guys with shields. The bows work like... Bo- it's so good. So the one last thing I'd like to say about this list is that, yeah, I think it's very flexible and that there are some of the core things. It was hard plastic. Yeah, but there's a lot of give in it. Um, I, I think having the ballistas with an ordinator, this kind of core setup and some mix of characters and the evocators on Draclands, I think that's a really good shell of an army and that, yeah, tweaking the details, they're all mm. going to be strong options. Even not having a, a storm host and just having staunch defender bubbling for more mm-hmm. armor boost. Mm-hmm. Such staunch, much uh, defender. Get your evocators up to two ups, healing on imagine uh, you fives. Like imagine you give there's a lot of options. Yeah, staunch defender. Yeah, uh, and, and oh, I'm not saying that those boy, are necessarily boy. better, just that playing around with variations on this kind of list is something I'd be pretty interested to I do. I looked at the, um, the shooty um, battalion. 
and mm-hmm. you've got to take castigators, which are not. Oh, I was looking at the one with three cool. units of ether wings and three units of. Yeah, that's a good one too. Uh, raptors. Of, um, I thought raptors. that was really raptors good. Raptors are great because then you can take the. Yeah, lo- Sean had the Sean from um, Notorious Hammer. Yeah, had the had the raptors and they were cool. And then they're good models from a painting point of view because there's lots of space to do details in their armor. Do you know what? I, I literally could not play them because they have different base sizes in the same unit. So that makes you a bit crazy. It, it may, it, I, when I saw his model, so I was like, is, is, is this that right? real? What yeah. Is, yeah, yeah. Did, you, have you done this? Like, what the fuck? Yeah. One of the dudes is just randomly on a 40 mil round and yeah. the rest are on like the long cavalry ones. bases. Yeah. yeah, I would want mine all to be on longs. Yeah. Is that allowed? I, I would do it. Yeah. Mm. I um well it gives you more you could put it sideways on the round so he's still standing <laughs> no and then the other one's facing forward the either wings are legit they're so good man because they just jump in front of the unit when you go to charge them so I've been thinking ether wings thunderers and skinks the three of those units combining for some Ooh, baby. really annoying shenanigans I do, do they still get that jump in front of things when you when they charge, or they have to be in a stormcast army for no them? they just need to be near um Hunt, the, what they call vanguard yeah, the, vanguard yeah, raptors. Yeah. I, I was playing with um, a Vanguard list that was everything in it shot. So the, the guys on foot with the handbows mm-hmm. and then the, um, the Chocobo riders and stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't Chocobo. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't know that it, I don't know that it works, but so it'll look fucking so, cool. So I, I know you were saying you don't like the Soulstrike Brotherhood Battalion with the, uh, the uh, Castigators. But I think yep. one of the versions of Sean's army that he was running at one point had a Lord of Killer on... Yeah. Uh, Griff Charger, yep. which he was using to teleport his yeah. long strikes around. Yep. But once you already have the Achiller as your general, yep. then your Soul Strike Brotherhood gets you Vanguard Hunters as core. Yeah. And you're only you're, you're not as happy about the Castigators, but they shoot twice on the turn they come down. Do they really? They, yeah, that's what the battalion does. And then they're actually pretty tasty. So I, how does the teleport work? It's just his command ability. No, no, no. Um, yeah, he's, he's got a command ability to move... Uh, units oh, like that around, and they come back on from the from board edges. Does he have fly, anywhere. or does he move as fly? He's got the winds of uh, right, the, the winds, winds of Theric. Yeah. So yeah, it only gets plus two to his move. I don't think castigators are bad. I just don't think they're as good as some of the yeah. other options. I, I, I think it's really only in that battalion that I would want to take them. Yeah. But in a list where you already have the Aquila. Getting the because normally you're also paying a tax to get the Vanguard Hunters mm. as well in that battalion. Yeah, but if you've already got the Achiller, then you, they're core. Cool, they're just taking up your battle line. So yeah. I think there's, if you wanted to run it, that's where I'd do it. Yeah. Do we do we need to do a Stormcast review? We could because I reckon we've practically just done one. Oh no, just there's the more. Shit stuff. There's, <laughs> a, there's a lot of stuff in that book. Oh man. Yeah, every, and, and having not read the book, I'm so confused. Every time and I'm writing fluff. when I'm writing lists, there's like twenty-eight hero options and thirty-four units, or vice versa. It's And do you know intense. that um when the stormcasts get reforged, the reforging process is imperfect? Yes. And they come back as less than they were before. Yes. Every time they get reforged, they're a little bit less human yeah. and a little bit angrier. Does yeah. that mean your shorts will reforge shorter or longer? They were sh- definitely shorter. I watched Ghost in the Cell last night. Yeah. Have you seen that? No. I've, I've, I've seen Ghost in the Shell. No, is it Ghost in the Shell? Is that what it's up? Yeah. Whatever it's called. That was Scarlett the, Johansson. Is that the one before that? Alita, the Battle Angel, is the sequel to that? Is it, that? I hope so. I hope there's a sequel because I really like the film. Yeah. In that film, there was this badass old Japanese guy oh, who the whole time you knew was a really good fighter. 
but he never had to fight. He's just sitting there cutting up his bonsai or whatever. Yep. Does and he talk this like this? He doesn't talk. He only does mind telepath- tele- like telepathic talking. Yeah. And these guys go to kill him. This is related to Stormcast because he was... I'm, the sure, woman, I'm sure the girls, the girls reforged. And the guys go to kill him and he's in this shitty old car and he obviously kills all of the baddies that come to kill him. And he gets out and for the first time in the movie he speaks and he says, you don't send rabbits to kill a fox. Ah! <laughs> and it was the best. I fucking... I mic dropped in my living room. I was like, yes! Such fox fuckers. That, that's I, what they should have done with Yoda. Like they should never... Actually, show Yoda fighting in Star Wars. I think a lot of the decisions made in the prequels. Are if you pretend the prequels don't exist, they don't ever show him fighting. Yeah, that's true. The but canon. then you have to pretend that the sequels don't exist either. I need to get a move on soon. So Chris <laughs> got a list. I was going to say, got Chris, a message do you have a list? to say. Um, I, I think I did. What, what was the name I said? Um, so so well, it was. Well um, was it Matt Tyrrell? It was it Temple Drachi Ganeth, <laughs> um, Realm Ulgu. Uh, Allegiance Daughters of Cain. What was the benefit of being in Ulgu? You didn't have any... You the, just liked the, Shadow. The bases. Okay. It was the, designed the to be in, in Ulgu. So I, I believe the list I was Keith out. Williamson's. Ah, uh, yes. And I'm just opening yep, yep, it up yep. now so I can... The old Keith Williamson. Uh, so I, I pulled this out as a list, not because it was necessarily one that I thought was... You think it's objectively bad? Uh, no. I I picked this because there was a particular dimension to it that I wanted to talk about. What so dimension? This is the, the third dimension. Oh. Uh, so this is a Legions of Nagash list with a Vampire Lord, a Coven Throne, a Necromancer, and a Lord Executioner. Then five Direwolves, 20 no Chain Rasps, no Nagash. Five Direwolves, 15 Black Knights, and two units of 30 Grimgast Reapers. What I wanted to... Like point out with this list. Now, uh, he finished ninth or 10th, I think, so the list did very well, and it's probably the first undead list, or the first uh, legions list I've seen that didn't have a Nagash or Big Dragons or Arcan, those mm-hmm. th- those like huge kind of threats. Mm. And if we're seeing people move into a world where Flesh Eater Courts are flying around with large dragons and people are gearing up to kill those big monsters as best they can, moving away from that might be something pretty good. And just the amount, again, like with Nick's army, the amount of stuff here. You've got your 60 Grimgasts, which normally fits alongside like two characters and minimum core, but then here there's another 20 Chain Rasps, 15 Black Knights, and I mean, a Coven Throne? Maybe there's a reason, maybe it's just taking stuff for fun. But the important thing for me here is that this is an army with a lot of bodies and can bring them back and has a real uh, like a really good attrition plan and doesn't lean on the kind of vulnerable pieces that some of the other vampire armies are looking to. It's refreshing to see a, a vampire list without Nagash in it. Well, and it shows that the power in, in Nagash... And looking at Nagash, he's very, very strong, obviously, but the Grimgast are what really push him over the edge. And what mm-hmm. makes this army so strong still is the fact that you've got the 30 Grimgast, they're going to get that 6-up save, and they're going to be coming back. And they're going to be coming back with the um, the graveyard points, and they're going to be coming back with the command points. And both of those mechanics with Grimgast Reapers are stupid. Because in your Nagash army, you're going to be spending a command point on his uh, command ability every turn, whereas in this army, you might lose units to Battleshock, but you're spending your command points to just bring them back. As long mm. as your general lives, which is the, the one potential downside to this kind of a build is ha- potentially having a more vulnerable general. 
But again, that depends on whether or not people are able to kill support characters, which at CanCon, there wasn't a lot set up to do that. Maybe going forward there will, maybe there won't. In the 12 games of Age of Sigmar that I've played, I've found invariably that regiments are more valuable than big point sync characters because they're only one model. And so, Have you played against Nagash? Uh, not in the 12 games that I've played. Have you played a buffed Incensant Rage Bloodthirster, which costs like 260 points? I think I have. Yeah, but that's not 400 or 500 or 600 points. What's Nagash? How many points? 800. 800. See, that's a much bigger point sink than 200. I don't think 260 is a point sink. That's one unit of 20. You that's know? a griffin. Yeah, it's not much at all. Um, but I think big point sinks like Marathi, when I ran Marathi in the Slaughter Troop, I thought, mm. she's bad, man. I don't know that she's bad, but I don't know that she gets you 480 points. I think she's a little times. bit of a trap just because of the expanse. Yeah. I, I mean, th- you're always going to be weighing up those kind of things. And something like the Vampire Lords on Zombie Dragon seem pretty well pointed when they don't have an ethereal amulet, especially, mm-hmm. uh, where they're quite good. But yeah, like, as uh, Keith's list shows, not having one of those and having an extra 15 Black Knights or 30 Grimgars or something instead definitely is something that you know, maybe people could be looking at more or at the very least is still a, a viable option. Cool. Mm. All right, we need to wrap the segment up, but I've got three kind of honourable mentions. Uh, we, we did a bit of a shout-out to the community, got them to let us know what they thought were their favourite lists, uh, and these were the three um, that, that most people mentioned. So this one is Matt Tyrrell's Legion of Blood. Again, it's a little bit of a different take on a, a vampire's list. So we've got two necromancers, a vampire lord on a nightmare, a vampire lord on a zombie dragon, 20 chain rafts, five direwolves, 40 skellies, 10 black knights, nine spirit hosts. And this is the best death recipient. Yes, this was the best death recipient. Mm. And he he finished pretty well. Uh, Also mayor of Dubbo. For those also the mayor of Dubbo. Isn't he the zookeeper at Dubbo? I mean, they go hand in hand. It's Uh, the combined role. He also runs the train station. Oh, cool. He's a busy man, but still found time to come to CanCon. Impressive. But yeah, this is a good solid list. It just, again, the, the strength is in the allegiance abilities from the death stuff. Um, is it as strong as Nagash and, and Reapers? Probably not. But, you know, nine spirit hosts with the vampire lord and zombie dragons um, command ability is very strong. Puts out a lot of mortal wounds. Um, so yeah, nothing wrong with this list. And Someone again, a lot of bodies to put on objectives and bring back. Yeah, exactly. Someone nominated Dan Brewer's Tomb King list, but Tomb Kings don't exist, so we're not going to talk about that. Um, and... One of my favourite ones is Luke Stone's Scourge Privateers. Now, I'm pretty sure this was on the stream at some point. What are you guys doing? <laughs> We're doing homework. <laughs> Miss. We weren't passing notes. This was on the stream, I'm pretty sure. If it wasn't, it should have been. Three Black Ark Fleet Masters, two Sorceresses, two units of 40 Black Ark Corsairs, two units of 10 Corsairs. A unit of three Scourge Runner ca- Chariots, one Scourge Runner Chariot, and two Charybdis. Realm Reavers Battalion times two, and the Chronomantic Cogs. This list is fucking baller. So this is sneaky good. <laughs> he went three and three, but he reckons five one. Easy. He made a couple of mistakes. Yeah, this has got some tricks built into it, right? It's got the bodies that we've spoken about f- across all of the lists, which is really important. It's got good chaff, quick chaff that you can throw away and you don't really mind if it dies. But then it's got the... This is Anvil Guard, right? So on a five plus in your hero phase, um, you can force the enemy to retreat or die. 
And it's just like if they can't get out of the being within three of you, they're just dead. That sounds um, like a video game from the 90s. Retreat or die. And then the... Uh, <laughs> it does sound like a video game from the 90s. The battalions allow you to m- do a movement in the hero phase as well. So you can a- effectively pin things and trap them. Um, I think probably where it's got more utility is when things are sitting on objectives and you just push them six inches away and you score. Um, and that's particularly good for the scenarios where um, y- there's cumulative scoring. So as soon as they're out of the range, they drop back to only being able to score one point the next time they're there. So y- when you, you're playing your mixed order army, mm-hmm. you claim that it's a Tempest Eye army, not a mixed order army? My army is mixed order mm-hmm. and my free city is Tempest Eye. It would be like saying, um, for instance, oh, that's I don't play Daughters of Cain, I play Caleb Ron. It's like, no, you play Daughters of Cain. Okay. I don't yeah. play Hagnar. I played, you know what I mean? Like yeah, I, I, I just wanted to make I sure because I think Luke's been saying like, yeah, Scourge Privateers uh, and has entered this uh, data into the rankings and stuff as a Scourge Privateers thing. I just wanted to make sure that was okay and he wasn't messing with the mixed order data in doing this. Well, for the purpose of your line of argument, can I say it's okay for me to do it my way and not for him to do it his way? <laughs> <laughs> Seems fine. He's running Scourge Privateers. The, the one thing I would say is that he should have taken... Um, some Blackguard, A, because they're ace, and B, because he could shiv them with his Sorceress and get plus two to cast. And yep. there's going to be that critical term where you need the cogs and having somebody out of Dispel range with plus two to cast is way more likely to get yeah, it. Yeah, we do like Blackguard on this, uh, mm-hmm. this podcast. Yeah, or, or n- not even necessarily Blackguard, like the crossbow. Sure. Uh, I like Guard of any colour. Literally uh, could be any of them. They're, they're all pretty good. Yeah. Um, yeah, coolest d- and did well and as you said has I wonder if he can shiv to it. Oh no, because it slays the model So if you shiv the other sorceress That probably <laughs> is not a good trade-off Shiv a Charybdis That's right, just use one of them to cast an endless spell And then yeah, the other if one all to shank the one that's all, already if done if the if job If you just need the cogs and that's all you need Then yeah. maybe 100 point trade-off <laughs> <laughs> Alright, cool we'll, um, we'll cut to a quick break and then we'll come back We're going to talk slow play We're going to talk Xandri And we're going to talk uh, a little bit of SAJT And then we'll be done Backity back. Back. Back to back, back, back. Well, we're not all back. Sam's gone. Sam left. So we're not talking Zandri. He's going to Zandri's eye right now. <laughs> He's going to fly his, uh, <laughs> his, fly his gyrocopter back. Yeah. But Tempest Dust. I, I know people uh, love to hear the Zandri talk and the, the fluff in the background being expanded for Age of Sigma. And so if Sam's not going to, I think that I might need to and introduce to people to the Karadron Overorcs. Oh. Overorcs. Should they be Overorcs? No. That, that's just the name of their tribe. Oh, okay. Oh. Yeah. So they're orcs. They, they, they don't have the keyword. Who, who are the They don't have the keyword orc, but, you know, that's just what they go by. Mm. Sigmar's light has long illuminated the mortal realms. But behind anything bathed in light is a shadow. 
and in the shadowy corners of the mortal realms hide a collection of lowlifes, scoundrels, and otherwise disreputable types. One such band of ruffian orcs, led by Bork Grumblezon, spent their unhappy lives scavenging from the wreckage of the many battles that litter the realms. Their nights would be spent sifting through the detritus of war, looking for anything they could sell, trade, or use themselves. Their days were spent hiding from the forces of light and darkness. Bork's favourite plan was to follow the skyports of the Caradron overlords, picking up the junk that fell to Earth. He would look wistfully up at the skyships flying above and dreamed of a life where he would not have to work up to his elbows in mud and viscera. Sometimes, when the Duarden suffered heavy losses, whole ships would crash to Earth. At first, Bork rejoiced, for the scrap was worth more than many days of looting corpses. But slowly, he began to devise a better plan. As often as possible, Bork's orcs would ask their trading partners (laughs) about the ways of the Caradron, how their ships flew, how to steer them, and most of all, about the code that they lived by. The next time they stumbled upon a ruined skyship, they did not dismember it to sell. Instead, they set up camp. Using scrap metal, other parts acquired through dubious means, and a lot of orcish cunning, they repaired the ship. First the hull, and then the decking, and finally the engines. At last, their work complete, Bork stood by the helm and declared to his rabble that they would no longer scrape a living from the bones of the realms. They could range far and wide, stopping only for loot worth their while. Caravans lost in the desert, ships wrecked at sea, all were now within their grasp. And just as they would follow the Caradron to the skies, they would follow the code by which they lived, traded, and fought. No longer a disorganised, violent mob, the Caradron Overorks took to the skies. Instead of skulking in the shadows, now they would cast their own. When you said you wanted to read your fluff, I thought you were going to read like a small paragraph. I did. Does and, it get? And then another small paragraph, and does, then a few does, more. Does it get better? Well, I haven't written the rest of the story yet. We need to see what their exploits are like on the table. When when does the city of the Evocators and and the, the city of Zandri come into the fluff? F- fun fact: If I'm basing my list on Cron's uh, CanCon list, there would be some Evocators involved. So we can, in fact, uh, yeah, combine the two stories. Fly mm. over there, pick up some Evocators. Exactly. Then drop them down onto some unsuspecting evildoers. Excellent. Right. So we were going to talk about Sam's fluff, but he bailed. So I mean, his army's crap anyway. So well, his fluff's crap. That's for sure. Yeah, it's rubbish. Yeah, not like mine. Um. Somewhat topically, we're going to talk slow play. Mm. We're a pretty slow podcast, which is why Sam had to leave because we had a scheduled finishing time, which we've blown out by a mile. Mm. We're going to talk about how long it takes to play Age of Sigma. And this has been an interesting topic that I've seen people just sort of, it's more in focus now. People have started to kind of talk about it a bit more and some other podcasts have mentioned it. Um, It's something we noticed over the CanCon weekend. Um, and we just want to kind of talk about the, the background of it and what's happening. So do we think there's a problem with the amount of time it takes to play Age of Sigma? Yes. I think, and I think it's a mechanical thing in the game. I think um, the r- constant re-rolling and those sorts of things really slows down. It, it seems like there's a kind of assumption from, it, whether it comes from rules writing or from setting times for tournament games that rolling like 2d6 takes as long as rolling uh, 90 witch elf's attacks re-rolling misses uh, then rolling to wound and re-rolling ones to wound and then rolling four six up ward saves mm. like, like the, in people's heads there's like cool then you roll the dice to work out what happens but in reality actually mechanically executing some of those things can take like four or five minutes 
uh, which when you multiply that by like 80 witch elves yeah. or um, you know, whatever Nick took in his army, yeah. Uh, yeah, can take an absolute age to get through. Yep. I'll put my hand up. I struggled at CanCon to get through five turns for both players every game. Mm. Does that mean I didn't finish all my games? No, it doesn't because a lot of games I think in Sigma tend to come to a natural conclusion before turn five. Mm. So because of the objective scoring or whatever and the fact that kill points often don't matter, um, games tend to get called a little bit earlier. But I definitely noticed that having to move all my models and having to roll all my attacks and mm. re-roll all my attacks. Now, I was playing an army that takes a bit of time to play. Mm. I thought, like I felt like I was playing at a relatively good pace for what I was using and that I was playing quick enough for both players to play the whole game. As looking back, I probably wasn't playing quick enough. Mm. But I was playing quick enough to what I'm used to yeah, and, and to the speeds that I'm... I was probably playing quicker than I've normally played in the past. So I don't know kind of how to fix that. Yeah. So obviously playing at the top tables for most of the event, a lot of decision points, a lot of important decision points, stuff like that. So maybe I could have kind of sped up my decision making for the weekend. Mm. But I felt like at the same time that I had less time to make decisions already and that like I was spending too much time on things like what you talked about here, yeah. the mechanics of the game, mm. the the rolling dice, the moving models, the the aspects of the game where I'm not actually thinking about what I'm doing, where I'm actually just acting out the things that need to be done. Well, yeah, because mm. you need to move a model in the movement, charge and combat phase. Yep. And, and once they're opponents. off... Yeah. And once they're off phase. movement trays, again, it's just... It's, it's something that can be quite quick but then multiplied so many times across a, a turn that it ends up not being quick. And whereas in 8th edition, you char- you move, you charge and then that whole block is there and then it fights. You don't then have to, in the combat phase, move it again and yeah. do all yeah. these sorts of things. We, we, you know, we don't pretend that we don't come from an 8th edition or we'll have a fantasy background. But Did we used to play fantasy? Apparently we did. Mm. So... Don't hold it us against us. Hold it against us. Oh, that's where Tomb Kings are from. That's where Tomb Kings are from. That's right. So back then we were used to six turn games, but mm. like you say, you only generally move things once, maybe a second time if it got an overrun. Yeah. Uh, your units were on movement trays. Yeah. Um, and at no point were they coming generally coming off these movement trays, so you didn't have to move models individually most of the time. Mm. And like you said, you you only you only moved it once, and so. Mm. The other element to to the difference in time, I think, is that in Warhammer Fantasy, turns one and two were often very quick. Yeah. It was very rare that there'd be close combat on turn one. Yeah. Some games you wouldn't have any close combat on turn two. Mm. So turn one was often a little bit of movement, some maybe shooting. some magic and sh- sh- a little bit of shooting, but often you could play your turn one in under 10 minutes. Mm. And so you would get to like the meat of the game, which was in turns three, four, five, mm. very quickly. Age of Sigma, particularly with some of the scenarios, and I think some of the scenarios are better for timekeeping than others. Yeah. Some of the scenarios, you are having mass combats in the middle of the board, yeah. turn one. Yeah. Off, sometimes from the top of turn one. Yeah. Which means you're rolling heaps of dice from the get-go, which means you just don't kind of have time to play through or you, you don't save time in the early turns mm. like you did in fantasy. Yeah. And the, the scenarios like relocating orb potentially 
you could spend a minute or two minutes just moving the orb before the round starts. So there's all these little things that just add time and they put them in for randomness but they just slow down but, uh, the and th- there's another thing that really uh gets my goat for, for the same thing as mm. you say putting something in for randomness every time i read like on a two plus something happens uh, the, we've just added a dice roll to the game that doesn't really need to be there i i understand there's presumably a design policy that we don't have things automatically dealing d3 wounds because that's you know too predictable and then you know what's going to happen and then that will make the game less fun maybe it does mm. but the flip side is just that the more times you add on those extra things the more you get to the point where yeah games are taking heaps of time and reasonably frequently games are getting called before they do reach a natural conclusion mm. and by reasonably frequently i'm not i don't even mean like 70% of the time but if one game in 5 isn't getting played out properly Mm. That's still potentially yeah, something that's we a, should look at. That's a yeah. percentage. I mean, you said not 70%, but then you said 80-20. But yeah, I think if even if it's 10% of games across uh, across a tournament, that's likely to happen to most people. Mm. And it's going to be a lot of games across the tournament, whereas I think back in fantasy days, it was pretty rare that any games would be going beyond time. And if they were, you'd be pretty quickly onto those players to make mm. sure they're playing quicker. Mm. It's... It puts you in a really tough situation as well because with the the way the round uh, the the turn by turn structure works, where you move, uh, you don't know who's going to go first in either turn. Knowing that you're playing the full five turns is is pretty important for mm. some of the scenarios. It's really important. Mm-hmm. You know, better part of valor just doesn't straight up doesn't work if you don't know how many turns you're going to be playing. Um, yeah. Other turns scoring is cumulative, and so you know, taking objectives later on is. Super relevant, yeah. mm. uh, relocation or getting another crack at Taking uh, a, a three-point turn and things like that. If you look at relocation orb and know you're only going to play three, maybe four turns, that first turn, second turn dynamic is insane. Yeah, because if you score twice in the first two turns, the three points, and you're only going to play three turns, they your opponent you. just straight up can't win. Yeah. so you've essentially won the game in two turns. So it makes such a big difference, and it makes it really hard to resolve the issue once it's occurring because what like in Warhammer it was just either finish the turn or roll back a turn. Yeah. And, and you, see where you're at. It happened rarely points. enough that it wasn't too big a deal back in fantasy. Nowadays, if it's more happening more regular, when do you call dice down? You yeah. know? How do you if people are halfway through turn four? How do you retroactively work out who the winner is supposed to be? Yeah. Um, especially in something like Better Part of Valor where uh, you know, burning objectives means that there are really set points in time where y- you can actually change the outcomes of these sorts of things. Yeah, and this is this exactly this exact situation happened to me in round two at CanCon. So we're playing better part of Valor. I'm playing against, unfortunately, I've forgotten his name, but uh, playing against Gloom Spot Gits, and I felt like our pace of play was pretty good but we weren't really watching the clock, but I just felt like in the game we weren't, no one was taking too long with things. I mean, I could be wrong, maybe I was taking too long, but I felt like the pace of play for both players was relatively even. But even mm. just cracking a couple of jokes and having a brief chat with your opponent eats into that time as well. Exactly. And so I felt like the pace of play was okay, but then we, and we probably didn't look at the clock enough because we realised midway through turn four that we weren't going to have time for the fifth battle round. And mm. so we're playing better part of Valor. Now, my opponent had the first turn in turn four and he 
didn't burn his objectives because if he burnt in turn four and I burnt in turn five, I would win. Mm-hmm. If we both burnt in turn four, he would win. And I, th- my belief is that if we'd played turn five, I would have win if we both burnt then. Yep. Because I was pushing for one of his objectives pretty, yep. pretty aggressively. So we were in an awkward spot where he hasn't burnt his objectives. Now, according to the rules, if we just play out, we had 10 minutes left, which is enough time to play out the f- end of the fourth. Yeah. And not play the fifth. So according to the rules, he's on zero points, or he had like one point from one of my objectives. That he yeah, burned. and you get the chance to burn your objective. I get the per- chance to burn mine, which even though it's only two, that's still more than the one point he's got, even yeah. though he's sitting on three objectives. Yeah. So I just automatically win because he didn't get a chance to burn his. Yeah. Now, if we'd been smart and said at the start of the fourth, okay, we're burning our objectives at the end of this and not playing a fifth. Yeah then that would have made a big difference. But you have to do that before you do the turn roll. But Mm. but then you also, your decisions in turn three potentially change based on knowing that. Exactly, because I would have lost turn four. But maybe if I'd known in turn two that we were only playing four turns, it would have been different. So it's a really awkward spot. We ended up calling the game a draw. We we had a a discussion about a few different ways to do it. The TO ruled that I could just take the win, Mm. um, but I wasn't comfortable with that. But it just, it was a really awkward spot. And it's not a spot that I want to see players being in. Mm. And as a TO coming up with Lord of War, it's not a spot I want to be in as a TO. And that kind of situation, there just there isn't a, uh, a resolution mm. that will not where someone doesn't get hard done by, yeah. um, unfortunately. Uh, so yeah, like given that I don't think that this is always players' fault because it's like different people butt into this problem at different points in time. It's not mm. always the same people. Yep. Uh, that suggests that it's at least partly. Uh, yeah, either to do with round times mm. or game mechanics, there's something that is getting in the way there. And then the question is what to do about it. Yep. Obviously, dropping down to five games, a pretty great way to solve that mm. rather than playing six. No. <laughs> no, that's the wrong way to solve it. And there's there's been a lot of talk about what is it a problem, is it not a problem. As, as far as I'm personally concerned, I think it is an issue. Uh, I don't think it's an issue in all games, like you said but I think it is definitely an issue in a measurable percentage of games and that mm. percentage is too high mm. as far as I'm concerned. The game is trending towards taking longer. Age of Sigma 2 definitely takes longer than Age of Sigma 1 yep. with the summoning mechanics, with the re-summoning mechanics. Mm. And the, so the last couple of battle tomes as well yeah. look to push more in that direction plus you, billions of attacks onto your ghouls. Yeah, you've got things like billions of attacks onto your ghouls. You've got resummoning of things like the gloom spot gets now get mm. to resummon, you know, dead units. You've got, you know, the gloom spot gets are a horde army. Ghouls are potentially a horde army, so and Skaven, Skaven. Are a horde army. So these are armies that mechanically take more time to move than mm. others. Mm. Um, movement trays definitely get them. Yeah, movement trays are a good way. We'll, we'll kind of address ways to, to uh, you know, help the situation. But yeah, I just feel like the the way the books are trending is it mm. takes longer and stuff just doesn't die in Age of Sigma. Yep. Like obviously some armies will kill everything and you're playing daughters so you can just kind of push it forward and I think Lockie had a, a helpful comment which was I just, all my games were two or three turns because I just pushed everything in and killed yep. everything. But there's a lot of armies out there that just don't die because a lot of things are immune to battle shock nowadays mm. which means there's just less ways to finish off units which means more stuff stays on the table for longer yeah which means it, the game takes longer because there's more things you need to resolve yep you know you'd often have games in in warhammer fantasy that would snowball so yep. you'd play turns two three four uh, which were your your main turns as far as taking time was concerned 
And then five and six were pretty quick. Five and six were often pretty quick because you're getting flank charges, you're mopping things up. Yeah. Um, It was a rare game that went to six turns of, you know, super close combat. Yeah. So stuff doesn't die in Sigmar as Mm. as much. And so things, it just mechanically seems to take longer. Yeah. And the end of the game is more important as well because some of these objectives or the missions the amount of points that you score in the last couple of turns is, is really high. Or yeah. if kill points is a tiebreaker, you know, the getting uh, killing an extra couple of units later in the game might be relevant. And yeah, like people not getting to do that for one reason, w- when it's not them playing particularly slowly, a- again, it changes the end result of a tournament, which isn't the be-all and end-all, but is something that people, I think, rightly care about when they're giving mm. up their weekends to play tournaments. I think the other thing to consider is that in Warhammer you know that you're having a turn, your opponent's having a turn. And in your opponent's turn, you can start to plan and think about what you're then doing next. Whereas with the double turn, every battle round, you're like, you can't really start to plan your moves and then almost go automatically into it because like, now we've got to roll. If I get the turn, I'm doing this. If I don't... And yeah, you can, I, I, sort of, you can sort of start planning, but you've got two contingencies you have to plan for, which means you, you're but, just but not going to plan as much. I, see, I, th- I think you can still be making those kind of plans in your opponent's turn, but then that's still... You, you still end up... They get to their combat phase and now you have to start rolling 400 dice. Yeah. Like I, I, and and I, you've got to move your own model. So you've actually got more things to do in your opponent's turn than yeah. you probably used to so, as well. Yeah. So, so what I found, uh, definitely in my game against uh, Chris Tott at CanCon, uh, I was running slightly late. I needed to like set up my army as I was deploying and I was a bit flustered. And I basically, ha- because I wanted to make sure we got five turns in, I was giving, uh, apart from being a bit flustered, I was giving up my decision-making time yep. to make sure that we could actually play the game, uh, which meant that you know, you're rushing decisions, you're making mistakes. Uh, you know, I'm not saying I would have won the game if I'd had four hours to think through things. Just that, that, that was where I noticed this, was that, yeah, the only thing that you can change to speed things up is r- yeah rushing decisions uh just doing things because you still need to measure your movement precisely you still need to mechanically execute everything and yeah like that's what had to give and the decision making is the the interesting part to me about the game mm. but yeah so like looking back at my cancon and this is what we'd like we'd love to hear from the community uh, your experiences with this because we can only judge it on on our experiences and it was a sense that we were getting from cancon and we discussed as a group um, I'd love to hear from the community about this, but looking back at and, and look back at your games and looking back at my games at Cancun, my first two games, the first game reached a natural conclusion. Um, so it might not have played t- turn, uh, five turns, but we, we played enough of the game that the, the end result was clear. Uh, and so I don't think we played out the full battle round. Mm. Uh, game two ran into real time issues and that was the, the game I just talked about. Game three, I think we played two turns. I was playing another Legions player mm. um, and le- in the Legions mirror, nothing dies. Everything comes back. Everything's raising models. Literally, I think one unit got killed in the entire game and that was a unit of Hex Wraith. So that game only went for two turns and probably if we'd had another two hours would only have gone for four turns. <laughs> so... Uh, and that cost me. I, I dropped a secondary that I needed. I needed the full five turns to get that secondary. Um, my game four was against daughters, and we played three turns, and that definitely hadn't reached its natural conclusion. It was mm. quite a close game. Um, 
but at least in that one we identified early this was against Tristan Smith from from Bendigo we identified early that we were only going to be able to play the three turns again mm. he's playing daughters I'm playing legions all his attacks re-roll he's playing I think it's mm. Hagnar or whatever yeah, so yeah he saves re-roll, re-roll. Saves. I've got ethereal with re-rolling ones my models are getting back up it just so, so nothing dies and everything rolls a million dice again I think I killed some Kinnerai and I killed maybe one unit and he killed some dogs and so again nothing dies everything's coming back yeah, turn uh, game five. I played Reese McGlynn's Chaos Dwarves. Uh, we only played three turns in that one. That's because it's not a real army. Maybe if I had more practice, because it was a real army, I'd, yeah, I'd have played quicker. But yeah, yeah. again, I felt like our pace of play there was okay. Um, that probably was close to its natural conclusion at that point, because uh, it was knife to the heart. So I was on his objective uh, mm. with with more models. Uh, and then game six, I played against Nurgle, and that game reached its natural conclusion. We played pretty quickly, and yeah. And but yeah, so looking at that, at least three of my games didn't reach their natural conclusions due yeah. to running into time. So um, I'd, maybe I'd, maybe look maybe I'm at fault. Maybe I'm playing way too slowly. Could be Nighthaunt as well. That they They're just playing, oh my army definitely plays slowly. Yeah. Nagash yeah. has to cast eight spells, so you've got decision yeah. points there, particularly later in the game. Yeah. Um, the Grimgast Reapers mechanically take ages because you're often Van Helsing them. So they're yeah. movement, charging, <laughs> then piling in twice. Yeah. They yeah. re-roll ones on all of their saves. Yeah. They re-roll uh, sometimes ones to hit, sometimes alls to hit, all their dice yeah. to hit. So it's just a lot of dice. They get up. Yeah. You know, they get back up with the grave sites, which takes time because you've got to place the models and yeah. then the whole unit can get back up. So I think daughters take a long time. A lot of mm. dice are all glimpsed. White kids take a long time because they're a debuff list and not mm. a lot of stuff dies. I think Nagash stuff takes a long time. T- mm. To me, one thing that underscores all of this is the fact that people have started to take not finishing games, uh, factoring that into their army decisions. Yep. And th- and that to me says that it's it's, like, it, it's potentially a problem that needs to be addressed when people are saying, well, I'm going to take an army that I'm going to shove it past the objectives and my opponent will not be able to kill, it in kill me in three turns. In five, sure, they'll win, but we're not going to get through five because my army just takes too long to die. Uh, like we, We're just not going to play through it. Yeah, or I, don't, I don't know if anyone's going out there to deliberately no, play it, less than it, five it's turns. Not, it's not so much that they're deliberately doing that, but they're saying, like, look, it, we're just not going to get through five turns because we're going to have... Like you, your, your Legions of Nagash example in the mirror, like... You, you just start the game. We know we're not getting through the turns, so I'm just going to put my army on the objectives and play for play for three turns. Um, and you, know, you can potentially maximize that with lowering your drops to increase that because yeah. you recognize sometimes you won't get it. Flip side of that is people taking different armies or lowering their model counts to try to make their games faster. So I, I didn't have particular time problems at CanCon. I have elsewhere in Bendigo. Uh, uh, a couple of my games definitely came up against time uh, time constraints. But I had a low count army, uh, sorry, a low model count army, mm-hmm. and I was a lot of the time I was avoiding combat and going for objectives instead. Yeah. Uh, and so yeah, like I, whilst I didn't have those problems, like you could see them all around you. And again, it's if people are saying, "Well, I'm not going to take the army list I want to take because it will take longer just to ec- to execute playing the game," th- that feels bad to me. Mm. Yeah, some armies definitely take longer than others. But I think it's disappointing that and, – and I think people need to consider that and you need to consider how many games you're going to play with the army and, and how long the army mechanically takes to play because some armies just take way longer than others. 
but it is disappointing that the the game, the way it's designed, is is designed that it's going to take that a little bit longer that you actually can't play some armies because I really, ideally, I want all armies and all different types of armies to be available mm. to players to play in tournaments. But realistically, I don't think two hours and forty five minutes is is enough for for some armies. I definitely mm. think it's enough, and it puts you in an awkward spot where some armies and games are going to be over in an hour, yeah, and some armies and games will take four hours. And yeah. so, who do you cater to? Because yeah. You know, some of these ple- people are going to be sitting around for three hours with nothing to do, and some yep. people are still not going to get their games but, finished. But my game against the Corn Dragon at CanCon was a perfect example of that because we played five turns and we were in combat from turn one. You know, I fed my army into the meat grinder of his dragon, mm-hmm. and then I spent the last three turns running away from it and grabbing objectives, and we didn't fight for like three turns. Um, play, you know, got through five full turns, but that was because the armies didn't take that long. L- long to do that mm. yeah. um and yeah that it's just that sort of thing where I, as you say if two if two and three quarter hours isn't long enough to be completing enough games what are the other what, what, what are the options what are the what are some solutions that will not lead to the internet melting in incandescent rage if we mention them and it's a it's a tough one i think um, yeah i think it is really tough i don't think some people have talked about chess clocks which I don't think I don't answer. think that works. No. <laughs> I can't. You need to design a game like Kings of War is designed for chess clocks. Yeah, works really well. Uh, Age of Sigma, when no, you, like you, you're both doing things at the same time. Like yep. you, you, I just and, and yeah, I can't even think of places where you can properly chess clock. There's like there's definitely places where you can properly chess clock, but there are movement phases. And I, I'm involved with the the independent tournament network, which do uh, as a group of TOs, and we discuss how how we run events and, and tips and tricks and stuff like that. And we were talking about uh, chess clocks, but I think there's a bunch of sort of situations where the clock is really problematic, mm. just purely from a gameplay perspective. And then I think you factor in that it's probably uh, a negative game experience having a clock there because people are going to focus on the clock and the game becomes about the clock rather than about yeah. the game. So I don't think clocks are ideal. I think we're going to up the time for round time for Lord of War. We're going to up it to three hours, yep. which is, again, it's 15 minutes up from what CanCon was, which was two hours 45, and it's a full half an hour up from where we were in back in 8th ed. Yeah, it was two and so a half we in 8th. two and a half. So initially we, we wanted six games and we could be done by 6 uh, six p.m. Um, for Lord of War, but we now need to find an extra hour and a half. So we've got to cut that that last game. We've got mm. time to pad on the Saturday. We don't on the Sunday. So yeah, yeah we're going to drop to five games. So that's one thing that a TO can do is I think increased round times. And I, I think that extra 15 minutes, assuming that people play at the same speed that they are, that means that more often you'll be able to get in a rushed extra turn yep. or like more often you will get through four turns rather than three. So I, like, I think that is good. Um, mm. But as you're saying with some games, you, you just two more hours wouldn't have got you to five. Yep. So uh, yeah, extra time I think is definitely a good move. I think that... Uh, w- w- what, are, what are some other potential things? It's organisation. It's, it's getting to... Uh, table quickly and it, but it's also starting the round on time yep i mean starting the round on time let's assume the round start it goes for the ra- dedicated round time from whenever the round starts if the round starts 15 minutes late you've got to pad by 15 minutes 15, realistically yep. um i think if you if you get there on time and you start deploying quickly it's really tempting and to to mess around a bit uh pre-game you shouldn't be going for a smoke or going to the toilet in that once the round has started, mm. you should be going in that break between games because that, that five or ten minutes at the start can make a big difference. Huge. And so 
Well, it, it's also that that's also the time where often you're meeting your opponent, yep. you're you're chatting, you're trying to like settle into spending three hours with this stranger. Uh, like I, I, yeah, having to dive straight into deploying units and things. Yeah, like that's that's kind of awkward to me in, yeah. in a way. Like I'm I, 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 I want to have that chat. I'm not saying start. don't have that chat with your opponent, but just yeah. be be cognizant of the time that. Uh, is in the round and the fact that the clock has started. Like I played yeah. an event, uh, one of the good games events where my opponent said, oh, the clock hasn't started yet, so I'm going to go out and have a smoke. And I was like, all right, well, A, you're not talking to me now because you're out having a smoke and B, the clock had actually started. It just hadn't been put up on the screen yet. <laughs> so there, there went 10 minutes of the round. But yeah, yeah. yeah. movement trays are great. Um, now, also, some, just while we're on the start of the game, something yep. I didn't do very well at CanCon but have been trying to make sure I do is having my army already like set up on movement trays from the start or like by the time when I get to the table, including at the start of the day. Yeah, so like that that's get, getting to the, the tournament. For me. Yeah, get, getting there a bit earlier and having your army already on movement trays before you 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 start the clock on round one. I think is important. A nine a.m. round start time isn't setting up your models at nine a.m. It's ready to. Play game at 9am. Mm. Get there early. Make sure you're ready to kick the game off. Because if a late round one means a late round three. Mm. So it's really hard as a TO to, to win that time back. So yeah, make sure at the end of your round you're setting up your models, um, you know, onto your, onto your, however you're moving it between tables so you're ready to go. Movement trays are great, particularly in the first couple turns. I often, I was finding, often in games I was taking them off the trays in turn one, but even just for deployment and that first movement yep. phase, having the army on the movement trays really sped things up and got mm. me a little bit of extra time. Yep. Yeah. Ro- rolling dice. I've seen a lot of people, um, it's getting a bit preachy probably, but <laughs> you know, I've seen a lot of people with, they got 20 red dice and 20 blue dice or something like that. So you can very quickly pick up how many dice you need. Just that kind of, Extra little bit of organisation that just helps the game flow a little bit quicker. Mm. Um, you know, there's lots of little things you can do, and not a lot of big things you can do to save time in games. Yeah, I mean, the big things, any big changes have to come from a like things like extra round times, uh, th- like those kind of things, of either from tournament organisers or from Games Workshop, are where like bigger kinds of changes need to happen and obviously we're not going to get changes to like core game mechanics to speed things up uh, clearly the direction of the game is not go- like the, the the directive seems to be in the opposite direction to some extent uh, something that i think would be really interesting is playing less points um i would be super keen to play like 1500 or 1750 uh not just because writing more lists is something that really gets me going mm. but uh, also, again, you know, one less unit to move, one less unit to roll to hit, re-rolling ones for, and you know, uh, I think potentially that's also something that could be looked at. Maybe not in Australia with the master, the way that the master's rankings points are determined at the moment. Yeah, and we're mostly uh, talking in a match play perspective, and, and theory match play is designed around that two thousand points level. Mm. But but yeah, I agree. You know, potentially dropping it down to, to fifteen or seventeen hundred points. I know that's something they talk about in forty k. That forty k games take too long at whatever generic points level they play, mm. and, and, and dropping mm. that down. And and something yeah uh, that it, at least in other game systems is done from time to time is trying different point sizes and the standard point size can change um but as you say if the if things are balanced around as much as they are balanced if they're balanced around 2000 point armies then maybe changing those kind of things isn't as mm. ideal but uh, whatever for a one day or something let's give it a whirl give it a go 
And um, I think Realm Rules is another <laughs> way. Yeah. We're not going to have Realm Rules at, um, at Lord of War. Again, we just think there's, there's a lot of additional stuff going on in Sigma as it is. Mm. Um, we're going to have Milan Sorcery, obviously, and, and the, the Realm Artifacts, but I think a lot of comments about the Realm Rules from CanCon were either we forgot them or that we forgot them and then we had to look them up later yeah. on or we had to sit there looking up the Realm Rules at the start of each game Yeah, because um, CanCon was great. They gave us these rule books, uh, these uh, the, the player books. Yeah, super organised. Which mm. super organised had the Realm Rules in them, but they didn't have... We didn't have the books at the start of the round, yeah, because they we'd hand the uh, the books in and then they'd hand them out later on, and so unfortunately the when you needed the realm rules was at the start of the round, yeah. So you had to look it up, and then. we often didn't have them, so it's suddenly like, oh, I don't have my book, I'm going to look them up. Well, that was easy to solve at CanCon. They could have when they announced what realm rule it was, they could have just said, you know, they did it on the PowerPoint, just say what it is. Two hundred people, like half the time, I couldn't see the PowerPoints, was like, yeah. let alone hear anything. Yeah, and, and we. Yeah, moving more and more towards online pairings and things yeah. as well. Um, so, yeah, I think there's a lot of different kind of aspects to it. I don't think there's ever going to be one answer other than dice apps. Mm. <laughs> dice apps are the way yep. of the future. Yep. No I more dice. I'm not here to roll dice. I'm here to push minis. I think w- w- one thing that I would I, – I, I know personally I will be taking from this – discussion is that like it, it is an issue and there are some things that people can do individually to mitigate that as much as possible uh making sure i've got my army already set up movement trays uh you know not uh, you know really consciously not f- spending too long on decisions and yeah uh organizing my dice better I, I know i do that really badly luckily i'm playing an army where i'm not trying to i'm only trying to find like 15 dice instead of 36 mm. uh, but th- these are things that i can do better that will help speed up my games and that yes some of the bigger picture things may or may not come into play and that yeah like i there's there's definitely an individual level thing as well as a kind of an overarching thing that both could be done to address the problem and yeah, we can only do what we can do within our own sphere of influence yeah, I think from a player perspective, I'm going to make sure that the army I use is one that I can play a five-turn game in, assuming my opponent's taking about as much time as I am. Mm. Um, I'm not going to... If I don't feel like I can play to that that speed, I'm, I'm not going to take the army. Because so no more 50 Grim Gusts? Well, yeah, probably not. Um, I felt like going into the event that I could play that army quick enough, um, but I probably, in hindsight, didn't play enough practice games. My mm. decision-making was a little slow and my mechanics were too slow. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe I just, you know, because when I look back at how long I'm taking, I think how long did I spend making decisions? And I didn't feel like I was taking too long, but I wasn't factoring in how long am I spending moving models, rolling dice. Mm. And so when you add that in, you, I ended up taking too much time. So yeah, in, in future, I'm going to, I'm going to take armies that, that aren't necessarily just push forward and win on turn one, mm. but armies that I can mechanically and decision wise play quick enough that I can get a five turn game. Because if you're, if you're going into an event, and you don't think you can play quick enough that you can play your half of the game in an hour and a half for a three-hour round event, then you shouldn't be using that army yep. as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I agree. Any last comments? D- well, dice apps, obviously. Dice yeah, apps, obviously dice apps. Dice apps. Yeah, yeah, dice apps. We might wrap it up there. We, um, we've gone pretty long. We've mm, talked it's been about a, a lot of things. Good episode. It's been good yeah. Episode. It's been good to have you back, Nick. Oh, good to be <laughs> reforged and <laughs> have slightly shorter shorts. Reforged, returned. Yes. 
We'll be back uh, in a couple of weeks, yeah. let's say. We've got uh, SAGT coming up in a month. Yeah. I'm locked in for. Sam's locked in for. You guys abandoned me. We, mm. we also haven't even talked about new battle times, apart from oh. to rag on them. We haven't talked about new battle times. None of the exciting stuff. To be honest, I don't know anything about either of the new battle I haven't read them I've yet. been reading so many War Scrolls, but not enough Allegiance abilities, so I have no context. AOS Shorts. Dan, he's written like 10,000 words on the Skaven battle time. That's AOS Longs. AOS right Longs. <laughs> that, is, that is dead set AOS Longs. Um, There'll be a million different mm. um, reviews. Check them out. There's so mm. many good content creators out there these days that we're. Uh, That's not us. Well, <laughs> well, basically, we'll um, we'll leave that to the opinions that uh, probably play more practice games and stuff than we do. Um, but yeah, we'll uh, we'll see you next time. We've been the doors below. Don't, Don't fail, fail your strength test.